Hello and welcome everybody to yet another episode of Nerds Talk Movies. I am today's host, Tristan Benz, joined by my usual compatriots, but uh, this, is, this, is, this is a rare, rare occasion where I am hosting and my, my good friend, uh, Taylor, is not. Taylor, how you, uh, how you doing today, big cat? I I don't know. This is a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like How's when it you're seeing. <laughs> I've I have the power <laughs> now. You know? I had a bad joke. I was like, it's like when you're about to see a car wreck and you know it's coming. Cool car. But you can't wrecks, stop it. Maybe there's some. Maybe we'll talk about things. No, it is car cool. wrecks today. You know. Yeah, it's a it's one of those like monster truck car wrecks. Yeah, this isn't. It's, it's intended. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's an intentional yeah. car wreck. Like I'm That's not saying that it's vehicular manslaughter, but there is intent here. To do with Big manslaughter show. Oh, hey, hey, cool motive, still manslaughter. That's the that's the slogan for this this series. And along with Taylor and myself, we're also joined, as always, by Drew. Drew, how are you? Uh, how you feeling today? You feeling like a little vehicular manslaughter, or what's up? What you what you got going on? Kind of like I was do. I was kind of just like minding my own business when like toxic chemicals pills fell down, and now I feel like I'm in an alternate universe. This isn't another multiverse thing, is it? It might be. I don't know. Should everything's kind of multiverse related these days? So you know, maybe we're just you know traveling through the bleed into another vibrational plane. Who's to say? You know, not me. That's a question best left for the suits in Washington. No, our purview, everyone, is movies. And on that note, late last year we did an episode focused on my top fifty-two favorite movies of all time, based on a list that I've been working on since college. Because uh, I like lists, and I'm a big nerd. And we did that because I would always mention the list, you know, because in case anyone doesn't know, if you haven't been listening for however long, you know, we've been doing the show, I like to run my mouth. And in a desperate, desperate cash grab, um, you know, Taylor says here to talk about why 52. It's because I like number 52. That's not important. But in a desperate cash grab, we're trying to replicate the success of that episode by talking about Drew and Taylor's favorite 52 movies and you know their little cinema journeys that they've been on is it a cash grab if we're not actually getting cash from this it's the energy of a cash grab i mean i guess you're right it's not the technical term but it's that same sort of uh i guess ratings grab maybe okay what would you call it taylor i would say ratings grab ratings grab there we accurate. go because look stumped. we want them listens you know i am not gonna hide it in the slightest yeah we are doing this because it's a ratings grab plus it's i'm gonna be honest it's pretty fun it is, yeah. It's, it's fun to make lists. It's fun to compare. Maybe we'll do something fun with these lists. Maybe we won't. Yeah. You'll see. You just got to listen to find out. But Drew has already shared his list. We discussed it. We dissected it. We molded over all that jazz. It was a great time. Great list. And you haven't checked out that episode. Well, then what the hell are you doing? You know, you're leaping ahead. Go back. Go back. Listen to that episode. And then come back and listen to this. Now, today, instead, we're going to be talking about Taylor's lists. And since we're all sharing, thought it'd be appropriate to recap my list, you know, from last year, along with the several changes that I made. Just because, man, we had a had some good uh, had some good movies this year, and I watched a lot of good old movies, you know. So before we dive into Taylor's list, I'm just gonna go ahead and rattle off the ooh, excuse me, my top 52, starting at 52. We're gonna we're gonna work our way up. So 52. Actually, I'm not even gonna. Should I should I number them before I say it, Taylor? Or should we? Because people can keep track. Number them. You want me to number them? All right. 
Well, you're not Taylor, but you answered first, so we'll we'll go with that. <laughs> Number fifty. And we're in a weird situation. We are in a weird situation. It is what it is, but that's life. Number fifty-two, Face Off. Number fifty-one, Rocky Four. Number fifty, Space Jam. Come on and slam and jam. Number forty-nine, Superman the Movie. Number forty-eight, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Number forty-seven, Alien. Number forty-six, The Big Lebowski. Number 45, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Number 44, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Number 43, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Number 42, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Number 41, John Wick. Number 40, Zodiac. Number 39, Batman, 1989. Number 38, The Mask of Zorro. Number 37, Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition. Number 36, Top Gun Maverick. Number 35, the Batman-Superman movie, the uh, animated crossover between Superman and Batman that they released on VHS that changed my life forever. Uh, Number 34, Casino Royale. Number 33, Heat. Number 32, The Nice Guys. Number 31, The Terminator. Number 30, Spider-Man. Number 29, Avatar. Number 28, John Wick Chapter 2. Number 27, Logan. Number 26, Tenet. Number 25, Skyfall. Number 24, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Number 23, or sorry, number 24, John Wick Chapter 3. Number 23, Too Fast, Too Furious. We're too fast for y'all, Maine. Uh, 22, Zack Snyder's Justice League. 21, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Number 20, The Lion King. Number 19, Dune, Part 1. Number 18, John Wick Chapter 4. Number 17, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number 16, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Number 15, La La Land. Number 14, Creed 2. Number 13, Inception. Number 12, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, which I just am using as a placeholder for all three Lord of the Rings movies because I can't really watch one without the others. Number 11, Knives Out. Number 10, Oppenheimer. Number 9, Avatar, The Way of Water. Number 8, The Matrix. Number 7, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number 6, Back to the Future. Number 5, Man of Steel. Number four, Interstellar. Number three, The Batman. Number two, Star Wars. And still holding it down at number one, Blade Runner 2049. Many have called it the greatest movie of all time. I know why you have Oppenheimer in your top ten. Mm-hmm. Very, like, it's a recent movie too, so I feel like while long term it might not be bold, but currently it's like, oh, damn. You must have really loved Oppenheimer. I loved Oppenheimer. That I bought said, the I bought the Icon edition at Walmart. I've got all the special features on 4K. That said, man, I would have lost it if you were like, all right, uh, what was Barbie? 44? It was 43. 43, Barbie. 42, Oppenheimer. If you just rattled those off <laughs> the Barbenheimer. Going, I would have I mean, lost it. <laughs> that would have been funny, but it would be a disservice to Oppenheimer, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I also have Barbie on Blu-ray. So, uh, but yeah, a yeah. couple, couple changes from the last year. I mean, added, let me see, Crouching Tiger, Big Lebowski, Barbie, Godzilla, Zodiac, Heat, Maverick, uh, the realized Spider-Man should be on the list. Um, Oppenheimer and Avatar Way of the Water. Those are the, those are the big ones that, uh, that changed with this list. Also, you know, over the, over the course of the last year, my love for the Batman has just skyrocketed. And as more information comes out about Superman legacy, man of steel slowly starts moving down my list. Cause I'm like, damn, this sounds like a Superman movie that I would have wanted and not the Superman movie that I'm just happy to have, which is what. <laughs> is. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. That's, that's where my list is at. Uh, 
at the moment. So we'll we'll maybe we'll revisit these for some reason once we're done talking about all of uh, everybody's lists. But enough of me, which you know, <laughs> I know that's funny to say because there's never enough of me. But you know, here's no how this on that one. <laughs> is going to work while we talk about Taylor's top 52 movies of all time. Taylor's going to rattle off his list five at a time until we run way too long and decide that he needs to move faster because that's what has happened the last two times this has, uh, has gone on. So after he lists off each little you know segment of movies, he'll briefly, briefly, asterisks, briefly, explain why they made the list and why they are where they are on the list. And then Drew and I will join the conversation with our just are just incredible and, and elegant, articulate commentary and so on and so forth. So Taylor, take it away with 52 through 48. All right. So real quick, I don't know if you guys did this or not, but I do have some notable honorable mentions here. What just missed my list. Mm-hmm. Um, the Batman 21 jump street, 22 jump street. They both kind of blend together for me. Fletch, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, many critically acclaimed movies like Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption, and other very long trilogies like The Lord of the Rings and The Matrix. Those type of movies didn't make the list because my criteria was strongly influenced by... Honestly, Tristan, I think you say this a lot. Like, what movies would you like to see on, like, a chill weekend after? Yeah, what, 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 basically, what's just, you know, if it pops up on FX, are you, are you changing yeah. the channel? Of course, quality for me is a big deal, whatever genre it is, but it's also, like, what would I like to watch on chill Saturday afternoon or whatever? Um, so with all that in mind, the official list starts with 52 Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, 51. Superman versus the Elite. 50, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. 49, this one we have done on the show. Uh, I'm very proud of it because I can't believe I got Drew to watch it. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And 48, Talladega Knights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. What was number 50? Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. The first movie, which is arguably I, yeah, the I, only hey, good I'm, one. I'm a, I'm, first of all, <laughs> First of all, regardless of whether or not we call the chain of islands the Caribbean or the Caribbean, the movies is pronounced the Caribbean. You know that's how the Caribbean announcer okay. says it. You know, so let's let's put some respect on uh, the Caribbean. On the Caribbean. It, he has a point. And forty nine was Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tucker and Dale <laughs> versus Evil. And then forty eight was. Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Bro, what a picture. What a picture. So, should I start with some explanations? Start with some explanations, man. Run, Let that thing talk. Run that mouth. Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox is the thing that really... That and the Flash TV show really introduced me to the Flash character. And I understand, and I get, I I do get why you two are kind of... I don't want to say you guys don't like the Flashpoint story. But I it don't like feels it. like I'll say it. You don't like it. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna it, say at it, least it's, worn it's out overdone as for me. Yeah, it is a bit overdone. I was initially like just fine, fine with it. I thought it was oh interesting stuff. Then it's like you couldn't get away from it. It seems like every adaptation, yeah. sto- new event that DC has, whatever, it all leads back to Flashpoint. 
and it gets annoying. And it also, like, I'm not going to say ruined, but it hampered DC Comics for the last, like, almost 13 years since. So it, mm-hmm. it's we're kind of over it, just as a concept. But I think this movie, if you look at it on its own, I think it is a great adaptation of the Flash character. I think it's a great adaptation of the reverse Flash. Um, Superman. This is one of the best adaptations of Superman I've ever seen. I feel like more people should see this before they go, oh, I don't like the Boy Scout version of Superman. Watch Superman vs. the Elite first, and then let's let's see if you share the same opinion. Um, it's just badass. It's awesome. It's everything you would want in a Superman movie. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I would argue it's the it's the only good movie in the franchise. But at the time, Jack Sparrow, Will Turner, fantastic characters, real fun, great comedy, uh, physical comedy in the movie as well. I think it's very deserving on a list like this. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. I don't really know how to explain this movie. <laughs> I truly, it, truly it, don't. It's true. It's truly a comedy. It's truly a comedy for the ages, guys. Just go and watch it, and you'll understand. Yeah, and the reason Drew and I say that is mainly because it's is predicated on you going in blind, kind of like if you don't, you'll have fun with it. But I think the best experience is being like, "What is this movie?" And then by the end, you're like, "Wow." Uh, <laughs> I should have saw this sooner. And finally, Talladega Nights, The Battle of Ricky Bobby. One of the most popular comedies of all time, I'd say. For good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for good reason. It's got some of the best quotable moments. <laughs> the whole stereo bit. <laughs> it's like, why would you want a TV playing that stereo playing? Because I like the party. I mean, it's so many great moments. Him stabbing his himself in the leg, thinking he's paralyzed. Um, It also has Michael Clark Duncan in it. And what I believe is one of his last roles. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, Just excellent comedy throughout. And honestly, just a really fun movie that ages pretty well. I think comedy is one of those things where it's harder to... And not just because the content of it, but like you watch some Jim Carrey movies from back in the day, and like your life changes, right? Through, Mm -hmm. Through the years, you mature more and whatever. Some Jim Carrey movies, I would say, would just age so terribly because of how obnoxious he is. And I think yeah. Adam Sandler's another actor that's like that. And Will Ferrell, is, I would put in that list too. But this is one that I think just holds up through the years. I mean, hey, you know, Christopher Nolan loves it. <laughs> hey, that's a great endorsement. Yeah, he's, he's yeah a, that's, that's a great one endorsement. His, that's one of his favorite movies, so, you know, we can't get better than that. So okay, okay, Drew. What are your what are your thoughts on Taylor's first uh, first five? I like it. I'm a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan, so to see it on the list, it's like good to see it. Uh, I disagree heavily with the fact that this is the only good one, but hey, you know, can't account for taste. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is just a classic. Talladega Nights, um, <laughs> like you just you just unlocked a core memory, man. It's like I haven't thought of this movie in a while. But god dang, I remember it so well. Everything is coming back, and it's it's amazing. And uh, just like Watchmen Paradox, we already talked about that. Like, and Super Members of the Elite, like, I begged you to put this on the show, man. Hey, I'm glad you did. 
Yeah, it's like I, I really, it's like I love Superman versus the Elite, and I love a lot of Superman media, and I hope that when Superman Legacy comes out, it can shut up all the haters who say that he's boring. So yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, int- I'm, I'm interested with where this list is gonna go. Yeah, I mean, aside from what we mentioned about you know our beef with the flashpoint paradox like i another unrelated beef i have with it well not unrelated i guess just different from what we were talking about i don't like that because of this movie now everyone calls it the flashpoint paradox the story's just flashpoint okay the movie was called paradox but everyone's like oh they should adapt the comic storyline flashpoint paradox it no there was no paradox in the story it's just flashpoint and that's that and i'm tired of this being the only flash or is it because it's the only real interesting story quote unquote that barry has after he's dead I mean, aside from being dead, yeah, Wally should be the Flash in the movies. I digress. Superman versus the Elite, though, good movie. You know, good performances all around. Uh, great adaptation of uh, what's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Yeah, honestly, uh, I don't mind. Honestly, yeah, I don't yeah. mind like them uh, adapting some of the Speed Force stories with Barry, considering he's supposed to be like the origin of it. Like I like I like I, like, I don't mind. Like I lo- like I love Wally, but it's like trying to go through everything that Wally did while Barry was dead is gonna be like a hard thing to do for anyone. Giving Barry some of those stuff because he is the Speed Force would be interesting, and then Wally coming in and being like, "Oh, I can use what Barry learned and then perfect it." It's like I like I like that, and it sh- and it shows that Wally d- did get better because Barry like it's weird to say the a Flash can walk, but Barry walked so that way Wally could run. <laughs> Nah, fuck Barry. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Really enjoy this movie. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle of you two where I really enjoy two and three, but I don't necessarily know how far I would argue that they're good movies, but they, I do really enjoy them. And then four and five are ass. But Curse of the Black Pearl, I agree, is like, this is, this is a good movie. Like, that's, I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, I didn't see it. I wasn't on that episode, didn't feel like watching it. And Talladega Nights, I mean, it's a goaded comedy. The number of times uh, a week or even a month that I'm quoting, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Like, it's, it's, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. So shout out to, shout out to Talladega Nights. Shout out to Michael Clark Duncan. Maybe he's on what I hope is an entry on your list, which is, uh, you know, Daredevil 2003. You know, if you just have a good Michael Clark Duncan double feature on your list, Taylor, I'd really respect it. Because I know how much you love Daredevil 2003. And maybe it'll be in the next uh, in the next five movies on your list. So why don't you take it away with 47 through 43? I guess we'll have to wait and see, Tristan. I guess we'll have to wait and <laughs> hey, see. knock on wood, you know. Just FYI, because of the double talk, if you show Tristan your list before this episode, Taylor, I'm going to be pissed. No, no. I I did not share this list with anybody. This is a confidential list. Only I have seen this list. Well, there we go. My eyes has graced this Google document, and that is it. But you said to name off the next five. Mm -hmm. At 47, another very quotable comedy. We got Super Troopers. At 46, we got Creed. At 45, we got Star Wars A New Hope. At 44, this is one that I think might be a little surprising. But man, this is one of the most underrated Batman movies of all time. I got Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. And at yes, 43, Taylor, you got my respect. <laughs> and at 43, it's another movie we have done on this show. Heat. What a fucking picture heat. Oh my goodness. Now, like I said, Super Troopers, quotable comedy. 
Um, Creed is a fantastic reboot. A fantastic reboot slash sequel of this franchise. For, let's be honest here, after Rocky V and Rocky Balboa, it was not looking great. Hey, people liked Rocky Balboa. Sure. Sure. I mean, okay. <laughs> but Rocky I, I, I won't die in a hell for five. Accept. But yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's I can the yeah, stomach no, that's... that people. Rocky five is just. I'm not, hey, I'm not going that. out on a limb for Tommy Gunn. You know, that's not what I'm about. But Rocky Balboa, people enjoyed. So Creed getting the reboot and sort of slash sequel with Michael B. Jordan, it was perfect like everything was so perfect the only thing that really sucks about the franchise is what's going on with Sylvester Stallone and the rights to the franchise that you wouldn't imagine just based on everything with Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone everything they've said that it was already going to be a natural passing of the torch of Sylvester Stallone to Michael B. Jordan going here's your franchise now take care of it and pass it on when you're ready and it just there was something really cool about that and instead, the studios kind of come in and really just muddy the waters completely. And that's it sucks. But Creed itself, fantastic movie. Along with Star Wars A New Hope, it is probably, I would say, I was gonna, I was going to say probably the third best Star Wars movie in terms of quality. But I don't know. That and Return of the Jedi do swap for me. But I do like A New Hope more in terms of a movie, because it has, you know, it has that full story without it going into what's to come. You guys do not like cliffhangers. Well, that was a problem with Pirates of the Caribbean, I'll tell you that. Yeah. That I was mean, the one movie with the second one. Where you're not just going to, you're not just going to pop on fucking, uh, what's it, Dead Man's Chest and watch it by itself, yeah. you know? Dead Man's Chest was one where I was like, I can't take it. That was one where I was like, the movie was just getting good, and then you and then it just stops. It. At least Across the Spider-Verse was good. <laughs> yeah, it was good, and then it just stops, and there's no real resolution. So it's like, okay, now we wait five years. And with a new, and with a new hope, you don't get the the cliffhanger there. Even though I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil. You'll see Empire somewhere. I mean, here. if you're, oh, I uh, thought but... you were talking about spoiling Star Wars. I'm like, if you're listening to a show called Nerd Stock Movies and you haven't seen Star Wars, like, what are you, what are you doing? Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, to me, this is a great adaptation of Terry McGinnis. He is somebody, I think, for people our age, growing up, we had Batman Beyond, and it was that thing where somehow DC introduced a new Batman and it really worked. And I think in a way, in not exactly, but in a way, it kind of like, you see what's going on with Miles and Spider-Man right now, and you're like, eh. I've kind of seen that before, to where an entire generation is growing up with a different version of the character, or of Spider-Man, and it's really clicking, and we saw that with Batman Beyond earlier. And also, the way they do the Joker in that movie is really good. Um, And finally, Heat. This is the Grand Theft Auto movie that I have always wanted, and I did not know existed. Tristan, I know you've been dying to say it. Say the quote. And she's got a great ass! <laughs> that she does. I, I guess wow, you saw the GTA 6 trailer. Oh, um, you better believe I saw the GTA 6 trailer. <laughs> I just dated this episode, but still. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on these? Tristan, do you want to go first? 
I'll go first. Super Troopers, I actually have never watched all the way through, but I have watched Oktoberfest, so I get the appeal of that whole that whole group, so I can respect that. I mean, First Creed, it's goaded. It wasn't on my list just because I'm like, eh, do I like the Creed franchise as a whole enough that I'm like, I want multiple Creed entries? Not really, and Creed 2 is just the one that does it for me, but Creed on its own is arguably a perfect movie, so, you know, there you go. Little offended that New Hope, you know, similar to Drew's, is so low on the list, but hey, man. It's, it's the fact that it's included at all. It's just has to be, uh, has to be acknowledged. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Great DC animated, uh, universe feature. Good performances all around. Um, it will not surprise you to know, uh, knowing me that, you know, you were saying how Terry McGinnis really worked for people and, and, you know, grow, a lot of people grew up with that as their version of Batman. Even as a kid, I was like, okay, but Bruce Wayne still still goaded you know like he's uh <laughs> I, actually it's funny because as a child watching batman beyond i'm like where's dick grayson you know where's uh when well, we never see nightwing let's see what's he got going on what's the what's the issue we see barbara you know we see what happens to him where's dick and then i mean heat Hoo-ah! like come on you know it's 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 that's a god what a fucking what a fucking movie you know it's like, I'm gonna, if, if I have to choose between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're gonna turn into a widow, then brother, you are going down. Like, come on. God, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro <laughs> fucking crushed that crushed scene. Crushed it, man. By the way, I just want to mention, they'll throw it over to Drew. Uh, they do mention Dick Grayson, I believe, in Return of the Joker. Yeah, Barbara yeah. just says, by then, you know, Nightwing had left God, or Nightwing had moved on to Bloodhaven. That's all they say. And I'm like, that yeah. doesn't. And then I think she says, go talk to Dick if you want. Yeah, uh, if you want horror stories cool about, stories or, you know. Oh, you go, yeah. About how Bruce is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I do, I do, after the comic that explained what happened, it's like, eh, Barbara, you're kind of in that mess too. And we don't, that, that's not canon. We don't talk about that. And we don't need to explain that for the audience. They're better off not knowing. <laughs> Point taken. Anyway, uh, Super Troopers. Uh, ha- didn't fi- didn't finish it. Di- couldn't fi- couldn't finish it. Didn't like it in all honesty. But I heard. But it's like it heard it's one of the great comedies, and it's like you know what, people people like what you like to laugh at. So do what you do. Creed. I like Creed. I like Michael B. Jordan. I like Creed. I like that it doesn't uh try to stamp down on the Rocky Balboa franchise because a lot of uh sequel series try to do that. Still to this day, unfortunately. But uh yeah, I look. It's like, I don't think I need to explain Creed. We went through a whole review of it, so if you guys want to know my thoughts on it, it's like, go watch our review. Uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Like, what can you say? This is the movie that started This is the movie that started it all. It's honestly one of the best Star Wars movies, period. You can add anything down of whatever, like production-wise or best written. It's like, it's just a great movie, period. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Mm-mm. Mm. You, it's like we didn't get to go to my honorable mentions, but this was one of the ones in my honorable mentions because this movie, this movie was so good. As someone who liked watching Batman Beyond as a kid, someone who did think that Bruce was still the goat, but Terry McGinnis is like, he's, the, he's my true successor. This movie proved that Terry McGinnis was Batman. You can't take that away from him. You can say anything you want. He is Batman. And Heat, ooh, like, oh, this movie's so good. Oh, my God. Tristan, I wish you didn't say the quote, because I kind of wanted to say the quote, but. 
Oh, here, well, hold on, Drew. Do you want to be Al Pachenko and I can be Robert De Niro? That's a callback to the Heat episode where Drew thought Al Pacino was pronounced Pachenko. I know it's pronounced Pacino. What if you do got me boxed in? Huh? Then I got to put you that, down. I will that, not, was, that was my I bad. Will my, Japanese weaveness, my Japanese weaveness affected my pronunciation. But good, but good God, when... Uh, Taylor says that this is the Grand Theft Auto movie that we needed. It's like, yeah, it, it kind of is. And I'm so glad it exists. Ah, oh, man. He, he is, like, really good. And honestly, you can't go wrong with most of the actors on this list. Putting them all together and seeing them have just this awesome chemistry. Ah, oh, it's just so good. It's so good. Well, <laughs> glad you said that because there are two movies I'm looking at specifically. Well, actually, I'll say all the movies on this list is... Or they're just filled with a great cast. And on number 40, what am I on, 47? No, Two. I'm not. I'm on 42. 42, I got The Avengers. 41, I got Mission Impossible. 40, Ooh. I got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 39, Kingsman, The Secret Service. And 38, one of the best heist movies of all time, Ocean's Eleven. Mm. Okay, See? I gotta go first. I gotta yeah, go first. You, you go first. Ooh, okay. Starting off with Avengers. I mean, come on. This was peak MCU. Like, this is one of the peak MCU movies. Everyone, everyone knows the Avengers and everything. Everyone wishes they could be brought back. We'll see what Disney does. But uh, that's for another day. Mission Impossible. Woo! This is one of the longest-running franchises, more or less, because a decade passes between most of the movies. <laughs> But holy crap, it is one of my, it was the thing that got me into spy movies, and I love all the tropes in it, like exploding tech, exploding tech, just the outrageous stunts. Uh, I love Mission Impossible, I love Mission Impossible, we need to do a, we need to put this on our list of what uh, movies we need to go over we when do. we have like lulls in the script. No, we don't. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I could go on for hours about Into the Spider-Verse, but let me just put it like this. This is the movie that finally made me appre- that finally made me fully appreciate not like appreciate appreciate but fully appreciate Miles Morales as Spider-Man cuz he had a he had an uphill battle with how with how he originally started out but good god I love that he finally he's finally getting some love and that me I can love him unapologetically like true, true he's like the true um one to pass off Spider-Man to if like Pete ever dies He's had a great last few years. It really has. Yeah. <laughs> like, Arguably better I know last few years about, than Peter, Drew. at least in terms of the comics. Because I know what you're talking about, Drew, because the thing with Miles is starting out, of course, just getting a, calling a spade a spade here. Of course, there are assholes out there who would be like, oh, Miles can never be Spider-Man. But I think there was also a lot of people going like, yeah, but this story just is not good. And then it felt like when Into the Spider-Verse hit, that's when Miles just went on a hot streak of everybody going like, oh, we can do something with that character. And they just knock it out of the ballpark. So it feels like he's been just thriving since Into the Spider-Verse. I agree. 100% agree. Uh, Kingsman's Secret Service. I honestly, I went into this movie just expecting a... Just expecting a B-movie flick, and I was pleasantly surprised. Same. Like, like the kick, like this movie is just really, really good. Like, wow. 
it's like I love seeing the action scenes. They're very creative. I love, I ironically love, I didn't think I'd love it when I saw it in the commercial, but I love Samuel L. Jackson doing his weird voice. Uh, it's, re it's really good. Uh, and the gadgets, love the uh, gadgets. I wish we had back had more gadget scenes where it's like they explain everything and it comes back. Kind of like how James Bond used to do. Like, I think Kingsman is just like the James Bond successor, spiritual successor in a way. Aside uh, from the actual <laughs> James Bond from the movies that actual still James have going Bond. on. True, true <laughs> that, true that. But it's like, but it's, but it's like, James Bond can sometimes go on hiatus as much as the Mission Impossible movies. We, it's sometimes, you just never know. Uh, yeah. But Ocean's Eleven. This movie's so good. I'm going to be saying that a lot, I think, in this list. But Ocean's Eleven is just, what if you had a bunch of suave thieves and you just saw them rip off a casino? And I love Ocean's Eleven for that. And again, it's weird because there's a lot of characters of this. I mean, it's Ocean's Eleven. There's 11 freaking characters. And they make them all work. You remember them all. Yep, that's what I was going to say. You remember every single one, at least one scene or moment in the movie. The brothers get one. Uh, Bernie Mac, of course. Rest in peace. Red, rest in God. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. We want to talk about the goat. I fucking love Bernie Mac. Yeah, and then the main, the main three really, which are George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Matt Damon. Fantastic. Th this is for real, Drew. You nailed it on the head. This is a master. This was the first masterclass, I would say, in terms of a bunch of characters and a bunch of actors who are awesome. And handling them all to perfection. Don Cheadle's in this movie. Don Cheadle is, by mm -hmm. the way. And you remember his character, too. And a lot of it is also because of stuff like his accent. And you'll remember that throughout. So, great job. Yeah. Uh, this is the first, like, section of the list where I'm like, damn, these are all bangers. And some of them, obviously, you know, Into the Spider-Verse is also on my list. But Ocean's Eleven, The Avengers, and Mission Impossible are all honorable mentions for me i think a big part of why i've been holding off on really sitting down with the mission impossible movies and putting them on my list is i want to see how it all shakes out since we're so close to the finale you know since the next one is supposed to be the last i don't want to rejigger things on my list until i i can view the franchise as a whole but obviously the avengers um, that was on my list last year and and it's it's one of the few MCU movies I own on Blu-ray, like I do just love that movie. And it was a, a great uh, starting point, really, for what the MCU and superhero movies became. Um, the first Mission Impossible, great movie. John Voight, just so sweaty in it, uh, aggressively sweaty. It, it's, it's just, it overwhelms every scene he's in. Um, don't all the characters get sweaty at a point? Yeah, the but movie? there's something specifically about John Voight where he yeah, looks moist. The ending like with John Voight. Is I know exactly yeah, what he's you know what yeah about. you know what I'm talking about. He's just like very why do you, very sweaty. Like what do you look to the point damn. where you're like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it's getting intense. Like Drew, you remember in Fast Five how every scene the Rock looks like he's dripping? Yes, it's that sort of energy. Except you can't see the beads of sweat on John Void. It's just he just is just wet. Like there's just a there's like a membrane over him, like some type of salamander or something like it's it's a weird energy taylor knows what i'm talking about it's just yeah. it's weird um kingsman secret service really fun great movie uh if the rumors of matthew vaughn directing the authority are true 
Kingsman is a big reason why I'm excited about that. And, you know, we can't talk about Kingsman and not talk about the, the church fight scene. Like, it, every time I hear Freebird, I think of that that scene. And Ocean's Eleven is another movie that was uh, going to be in my honorable mentions. I was just looking at a tweet thread yesterday talking about the the scene where... Um, George Clooney is talking to Julia Roberts about like, oh, you know, does he make you laugh? And she's like, you know, he doesn't make me cry. And then there's the the clip of him being like, oh, I just came to say goodbye. And it's like, man, such great chemistry. And I think that's a big part of why y'all are talking about how the ensemble cast just really works. It's because they all have such great chemistry with each other that even for some of the characters that don't have as much to do, you know, like for instance, Bernie Mac's character. So like he has a pivotal plot arc. He has such great chemistry with everyone else. You know, the twins have such great chemistry or not twins, but the brothers have such chemistry with everything else. Like it's, it's a, it's a good vibe between all of them. And it's just, it's, it's a really fun, fun heist movie. And I, I definitely, uh, I, I, I stand oceans 11. We, we support this, this inclusion. I think another thing too, that helps oceans 11 is that it, I don't want to say it's realistic, but there's de- the details within the movie help give the movie a realistic feeling. And it's something as small as, like, every time Rusty's in a scene, Brad Pitt's eating something. Yeah. Which is something we don't typically see in movies. Like, it's just a little character quirk that you're like, oh, he's why is he always eating something? And then with Matt Damon's character trying to prove himself, and it's just, it's so well done with the characters. The heist itself is very, very well done. Um, the villain... No, oh, Andy way. Garcia, come on. Andy Garcia. Just looking like a does slick Vegas Dracula. He's <laughs> so good. And of course the ending is just it's great. You ever just you ever just want to call a place and be like, yeah, I'm the guy that just robbed you. Like it's just like, damn. This is this is cool. We didn't need an Oceans Twelve. I particularly like Oceans Twelve. I don't care for Oceans Thirteen, but Oceans Twelve is pretty good. Oceans thirteen got Pacino though. And that's in this case he could be true. Al Pacinko since he's running a, a yeah <laughs> be appropriate. But regardless of how you feel about the sequels, Ocean's Eleven is just a masterclass in terms of characters and honestly just a heist movie by itself. Uh, moving on to my next batch, thirty-seven through thirty-three. Thirty-seven, I got Rocky Two. 36. This one's going to be the surprise. Okay. I think this one's going to cause some debate. Logan. I mean. 35. X-Men Days of Future Past. 34. Captain America The Winter Soldier. And 33. This is my favorite Mission Impossible movie. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mission Impossible 3. You ain't got. You ain't got to explain that one. Uh, I know we're, we're getting ahead of it, but you said Philip Seymour Hoffman, and we just got to talk about it real quick. The was like, "I'm gonna hurt her. I'm gonna kill her." It's like Jesus Christ, that is threatening <laughs> as fuck. <God>. Like holy <laughs> shit. And look, man, it, it's funny talking about movies and TV shows because we're like, "Oh yeah, this is a great performance." There's something. I think sometimes you'll have a feeling of like, "All right, now it feels like we're getting pretentious." But you watch yeah. Mission Impossible 3, Come and it kind of feels like Philip Seymour Hoffman's not even acting. No, he's just being a fucking menace. Like, what's his name? Damien? Yeah. What's it? What's the last name? I just remember the first name being Damien. He's like, I'm going to hurt her, and I'm going to kill her. So he's almost doing a Buffalo Bill. Yeah, I I think it was Owen Davian, if I recall. Mm. But yeah. Nope, that's what it was. That's what it was, Drew Owen Damien. Thank you. I knew Damien was involved in the name. 
Yeah, I think it's Davian. Nah, whatever. Point being, <laughs> it was R.I.P. That was close. More often. Yeah, R.I.P. to 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 Lucy, yeah. also an alumni of the Big Lebowski. So it was on my list too. Shout out to shout out to Philip. Would have been a good penguin. You know, yeah. if they were yes, doing he like would a, have. Colin Farrell type. Penguin. He would have been a good anything. He would have been a good with his acting ability. He would have honestly. I'm saying this a little facetiously. Make him Batman. He'll somehow make it believable. He didn't have to lose any weight or get. Ripped I mean, if or if he, he wanted to keep his same like silhouette, but then just get jacked, but like big buff jacked, could have been Dark Knight Returns Batman. You know? Yeah, true that. Yeah, because he just had the voice and he had this commitment to his characters that like. Man, it was. It, was it reminds me a bit of Michael Clark Duncan, another late actor mm-hmm. who just commits. Honestly, though, let's be honest. He, he, if he's going to steal the scene and everything he's in, he has to be Godfather Alfred. I mean, I'd like to see him do a, a old English butler voice. But regardless, any thoughts on these list of movies here? Rocky Two. I mean, again, we we have talked about this one. We talked about like, Rocky Two. Oh yeah, it it is it is one of the greatest movies of all time. So it's like I don't think we need to go into too deep there. Let's just let's just say there is a reason why Cre- why Creed's so good. It's because it took some steps from Rocky. Logan, honestly, my only controversy is that you put it below Days of Future. 3. Yeah, I was curious I, not to jump ahead, but I was like, why were you saying Logan's the controversial one? It's on my list too. Like it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's lower on the list than I think you guys had it. And not only that. I did make an effort to be like, I'm going to be honest. I love Logan. I love Days of Future Past. I think if I were to sit down and watch a movie, I'd rather watch Days of Future Past. I mean, that's, that's fair. Yeah, Even that's as fair. someone who, yeah, like who loves Logan and Days of Future Past is not on my list. Like it's, I mean, it's what we talk about all the time. You're not just going to pop on Logan on an afternoon. Like that's kind of a heavy movie. Days of Future Past though. So yeah, just pop it on. You see, you flip the channels. It's on FX Monday nights, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll sit through some commercial breaks to see them fight Sentinels, whatever. Mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, honestly, the best Captain America, anything that we've ever gotten. Like this is like, this is his, this is his movie. And I love where the Winter Soldier goes. I love that. Like, this is where people who used to say that Captain America was boring, where it shows, no, no, no. He, he'll be steadfast in his convictions and everything, but he's still interesting. And it's like it finally showed what uh, Captain America could do. Honestly, it feels like both Superman and Cap needed movies for people to, like, finally see, hey, these guys can be very, very interesting if you just give them a chance. And Winter, Sol- Winter Soldier was Cap's. Uh, I don't think it reaches the ground as, the new- as versus the Elite. But it's still really good. Like, oh my god. Also, also, the bromance between Steve and Bucky. Some may even say romance. Uh, it, 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 it goes to the movie so much. And it's like, it is so, it is so uh, crazy to know how much of a meme that became. I, I mean, it. shit, the bromance between... Be like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Taylor. I was about to be like, did you go to... Certain sections of Twitter and Tumblr. I'm sure. For this part. I'm sure it did. I mean, I was <laughs> no, going to say. The, no, I did not. <laughs> I, I, but okay, did Drew. Whatever, whatever, whatever you say. Uh, but the bromance between, you know, Steve and uh, Sam even. You know, it's like, shit, I know he's a Falcon. Yeah. But that that chemistry, i tell you what. It's like, it's like it's got me flying on the wings of an eagle. You know? Like, that's just, just. There, there's a reason why that they kept having Sam come back. There was rumors that Sam was the first person to fly out the portals in, uh, in Endgame. you know, 
And I'm not saying it's because he's the best hero in the MCU. I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, he's fun. Not only what you guys are saying, but also let's let's talk about the elephant in the room about this movie. The action sequences. Oh, they go. They go fucking hard. Like just to pull, just to pull up an action an action sequence that didn't even involve the titular characters. The Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, like fighting his way through with his car and all the different gadgets he has, was like, oh, it's so good. Like that is super smart, Nick Fury. Scenes. Yeah. And then when uh, Bucky grabs the shield in midair, and I'm Ship's like, hard. what? Shit was hard as fuck. So the, I saw Winter Soldier three times in theaters. So I approve of this. I did not have the yeah. money for that, but I would have. Last thing, then I'll move on. Uh, I will say, the Winter Soldier was a movie initially to where I thought it was really good. But everybody was like, oh, this is the best thing in the MCU. And I'm like, I don't know if it's the twist. Which, by the way, the twist is something that the MCU, I think, they could use today. Something that just changes the entire outlook on things, right? And it was so well done. But I was wondering around that time period that when the movie came out, I was like, is it the twist that people are kind of elevating it? And then I watched it a few years later, and I was like, no, no. This movie was deserving of everybody's praise 100%. This is one of the best movies in the comic book genre, and honestly, one of the best action movies of all time. You even just take the superhero genre out of it. Yeah. I mean, not as good as Mission Impossible 3, but it's up there. <laughs> it's not, but still, it's up there. It almost surpassed Mission Impossible 3, but <laughs> guess what did surpass Mission Impossible 3 on my list? I'm almost uh, most hesitant to ask with that chuckle you had there. I know, right? Also, side note, I love Days of Future Past, but I'm annoyed by how important it made Mystique, but that's you know that's what happens when Jennifer Lawrence becomes famous, I guess. Yeah, it's another story for another day, but the reason I was kind of chuckling, Tristan, is because while this next movie is awesome, it's deserving of being on a list like mm-hmm. this, it's just so much different from Mission Impossible is, 3. Is it going to make me and smack you? or Maybe not, no, but no. number 32, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. <laughs> Woo! All right. Number 31... Coming to America, number 30, okay. The Truman Show, number 29, Men in Black, and number 28, Demolition Man. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I'm liking what you're putting down here, man. I see you, I see you. Mm-hmm. I'm liking what you're putting down here. Um, I, I, I'll go ahead and go through real quick, and then I'll just throw it over to you guys. The Truman Show has one of the most, I don't know how to really describe it. I have thought about the Truman Show's ending so many times over the years. Now, I will go ahead and say so Truman Show is on my watch list because I haven't watched it, so don't. I will not spoil it, but it's so good. Um, Coming to America, one of the best comedies of all time. It is one of Eddie Murphy's best movies of all time. Uh, it, mm-hmm. I don't think it's his best movie. I think that's something else that's on my list. I'd go that far. Yeah, but I would agree with that. Shout out to Soul Glow, though. It, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things kind of like Talladega Nights right where it's so quotable and you can think of so many just hilarious scenes throughout the movie the McDonald's coffee cat <laughs> shout out Fuck, to McDowell so shout funny. out to Samuel L. Jackson robbing the McDowell's <laughs> yeah was that his first role I don't know if it was his Samuel L. Jackson? first no, 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 but no, no, I think no. it was like one of the first ones that people remember him well maybe not even remember but it's yeah. I think it's one of the oldest 
Samuel L. Jackson performances where you guys be like, oh shit, is that Samuel L. Jackson? I think I'm do the right Wikipedia thing. Right was, I think do the right thing was his first one. Mm-hmm. But besides the point, it has a great cast, and a lot of it is Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. But aside from them, it has an excellent cast. It was his fourth movie. Fourth movie. Damn. So early in the career of Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. But Sa- James Earl Jones, guys. Yeah, bro. That's all you guys say. I mean, hey, Darth Vader, you know. Mufasa. Men in Black. I mean, one of the better action movies. I don't want to say best action movies all the time, but man, it's just a fun time. It's memorable. Will Smith's great in it. Tommy Lee Jones is great in it. Vincent D'Onofrio's in this movie. He is in that movie. He's the bug That's alien. just a weird little, like, scummy guy. But it's a great film, and I would say the same about Demolition Man. The three seashells. To this day, we still don't know what they meant. <laughs> I hope we never do, <laughs> to be honest. I like the ambiguity. The Oscar Meyer Wiener uh, speech by Dennis Leary at the end is so good. But not only that, you have Sylvester Stallone versus Wesley Snipes. They do a great job in this film. Uh with just a ridiculous plot. I would kind of compare this a bit to Face Off mm-hmm. and how crazy the plot is, and you just have to buy in, and the actors have to bring it, or it's not going to work. And everybody in this movie bought in, and they went at it. Sandra Bullock, I think, is the most underrated MVP of the film, though, because of what her character is supposed to be. <laughs> and I think she absolutely nails it. Uh, Drew, you want to go first? Sure. Puss and Boots, The Last Wish. I got, this is another one I got Taylor on, and I'm so glad to see it on this list. Oh, uh, man. This movie was like, this movie truly came out of nowhere. Like, no one expected Puss and Boots movie to be good, especially when the first one was, let's be honest, kind of bad. Like, it wasn't, like, bad, bad, but it was, like, it wasn't really good either. Uh, coming to America. You already really said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> Like, this is one of Eddie Murphy's best movies and everything. I l- love it. It's hilarious. And it's, and it's, uh, like, it got, it got me, like, really, it's really one of the things that I feel like a lot of stuff was uh, inspired by as well when it comes to comedies, especially with the fish out of war- water comedies. Uh, there's also The Truman Show. Like, honestly, I cannot talk about this one for too long because, God Dang this show! It made, it made me paranoid when I first watched it. I was like, "Is my life, is my life a TV show?" Tristan, that's not a spoiler. Like, that's the entire. Oh no, I know the okay. the basic premise of the film. Okay, yeah, it's like I it's like I know I've talked to Tristan about that, so it's like I knew he knew that part at least. Uh, but yeah, uh, Truman Show. Def- one of the things that made me paranoid as a when I first watched it. Men in Black, man, this this is like what I grew up on. I love I love Men in Black, and honestly, like this is I think this is one of the movies that got me fully into sci-fi because like this is one of the earliest sci-fi movies I remember watching. Demolition Man, honestly, Demolition Man, I think has weirdly aged too well. Like, good God, there is so much stuff that. that Shout did, out to like, Taco Bell. Shout out to Taco, <laughs> Taco Bell. Bell's gonna win. I might get hey, I might war. get Taco Bell for dinner. <laughs> it, it it's it won the wars, of course. It won the fast food wars. Big idiocracy vibes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Drew, I agree with a lot of what you said. You described Men in Black as just an awesome sci-fi movie. I think that's what I was missing. It was like one of the better sci-fi movies I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, I I will say just I wanted to add this, but I just couldn't make it. I actually re- just remembered I forgot on honorable mentions. Star Trek 2009, I would put in honorable mm-hmm. mentions. Chris, any thoughts before I move on? Uh, haven't seen Puss in Boots, despite y'all telling me I need to. Coming to America, goaded. Like, so, oh, bro, make your make your soul glow. Um, Truman Show, verdict is out. You know, it's on the list. I literally have it on my watch list on Letterboxd. So I'll get to it. Men in Black, I mean, come on. It, I, I, the number of times I'm on Twitter and I just see the clip from the end of, uh, <laughs> of of Will Smith saying, is it worth it? And then, you know, yeah, if you're strong enough. I'm like, all right, that movie's goaded. Shout out to Vincent and <laughs> for being a little weird, little weird buggy guy. Um, although I do, I don't know if I wouldn't say I enjoy Men in Black 2 more, but it's, I'm, 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 I'm surprised we didn't get a Men in Black 2 reference. And Demolition Man, I mean, hey, you're making me want Taco Bell, is what I have to say to that. <laughs> Another thing I want to say before we move on, I want the Men in Black car. The 1987 Ford, I think it's the LTD Crown Victoria, but I could be wrong. Mm. But I want that modified... No, it's a good uh, good car. Yeah, I want that modified car. Agreed. Moving on to 27 through 23, I got Lethal Weapon 2 at 27. 26. Oh, uh, Taylor. Taylor. You got me fucked up. Now you're making me remember that I forgot to put Lethal Weapon on my list. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are we gonna have another? Are you, we gonna have another you, update? <laughs> may, you know, Taylor. Maybe my memory's. Maybe it's just falling apart. And do you have a guess why it would be falling apart? Why would it be falling apart? Because I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Twenty six. I got what I would consider to be. Eddie Murphy's best movie of all time, Beverly Hills Cop. At okay. 25, okay. Dodgeball, A True Underdog Story. At okay. 24, <laughs> Lethal Weapon, 1. And 23, The Nice Guys. So, oh. I heard a lot of talk about Beverly Hills Cop. I want to go ahead and start with that real quick. I actually thought about because I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And I was like, you know what? I'm pretty much done with my list. I'm going to put Beverly Hills Cop on here, but I want to confirm my feelings. I want to rewatch the movie. Fuck, it's so good. It's a really it good is movie. Really good. One of the most memorable scores of all time. It's essentially just Eddie Murphy fucking with people for like an hour and a half, and it's great. As an officer of the law. Yeah, as an officer of the law. Meanwhile, by the way, everybody in Beverly Hills is just trying to play by the book and do things actually the right way. And he's just like, I'm going to throw some bananas in some people's tailpipes. I'm literally just going to do a, you know, a, a far side cartoon type of maneuver and just uh, ruin your day. But And then I watched the other two Beverly Hills Cops and I was like, yep, that's that's the reason this franchise hasn't talked about a whole lot. Because the other two are nice. I mean, hey, we're getting Beverly Hills Cop 4. I hope it's we are. I hope it's more like part one and not like two or three. I mean, they're filming now, so I guess you'll find out soon. A we'll lethal weapon two. It gives you the conclusion to Riggs's story. Really, uh, 
really well done. I don't really want to spoil it if you have not seen it, audience. So uh, it just it's a lot oh, of what people on. love about Lethal Weapon, but better or not better, but it, it's just more because I think the first one is a better movie because it is the introduction to the characters, and that introduction is so interesting to have this detective who is I don't even want to say borderline. He is suicidal throughout the whole oh, yeah, movie. Big time. And Murtaugh being this guy who's getting closer to retirement and he's paired with him. Like, it's very, for for a movie, it's just such a compelling dynamic to be like, what the hell is going to happen with these two here? And then the story that plays out with Lethal Weapon and the ending. The ending fight in Lethal Weapon 1 is... <laughs> with Gary Busey. <laughs> it's goaded. It is good. Oh, it's awesome. man. I fucking, what a fucking picture. And then they get that final, where they they shoot Gary Busey, but like, not back to back, but like arm over arm. I mean, yeah, come on. Really good. I like how I said I wasn't going to spoil Lethal Weapon like, 2 when we spoiled Lethal Weapon 1. Nah. It is what it is. We, yeah, we, we made no problems. Like, I, about like, I was trying to figure out how to talk without spoiling it and interested did it for me, so I'm good with this. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, that movie's 40 years old. Dodgeball, true underdog story. It's a lot like the other awesome comedies that are on my list so far. Very quotable. Vince Vaughn is great in this movie. But Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is outstanding. Just playing this just cockroach of a human being throughout the entire thing. And The Nice Guys is one of the best recent movies of all time. The chemistry between Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling is on point. Ryan Gosling's character is amazing. This is the thing where I think, if you think Ryan Gosling is just the notebook guy, watch The Nice Guys. And you'll see. Just anything else he's been in. That too, but I think The Nice Guys is probably the best indicator of like what else he can do. And it's kind of a little bit like Robert Pattinson, right? Where Oh, the guy from Twilight, really? It's like, no, watch some of the other things he's been in, including the Batman. Blade Runner 2049, for instance. Yeah, for Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Talking about for, for Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling, same thing here. He's just great in the movie. Matt Bomer's in this movie as well. Always a win for me. Matt Bomer's great. White Collar is a great TV Weird show. Weird wig. Weird wig they give him, though. Yeah, true, true. But and the little and the little mole. It's like, why are they doing that? It's such a handsome man. Any thoughts? For me, uh, like I do, I don't want to spoil Lethal Weapon two now. But it's like Lethal Weapon. It's like you guys, you guys said it all. Said it all. You guys pretty much explained it to where I can't even go into to too much detail. But uh, yeah, I do gotta say like the pairing of these guys and just like the craziness that is Riggs. Uh, it just it it makes the it makes the movie and counter that with uh with uh Rogers uh with Rogers personality and everything and just the way that the two actors bounce off each other it's like this movie it's like it it's really really good it's like you guys got it just if you haven't seen Lethal Weapon yes it's eight yes it's a bit eighties cheese but it's like it's good eighties cheese and it's still pretty serious it's like you can like go into this and not. Feel like you're watching a cheesy movie. I promise you. Also, one of the, uh, I wanted to just mention here: Lethal Weapon Two, with the condom scene. It's one of those things that I remember, like years later, just because of the reaction Murtaugh has 
it's one of those things that you're like, oh, there's the camaraderie there that like, yeah, they were poking fun at the commercial his daughter did, but he knew it was all in good fun. And like the laugh that, uh, I forgot the actor's name off the top of my head. Don, uh, Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Yeah. The laugh that Danny Glover has at the end of that scene, it's so memorable. It brings the whole thing in. So I'm sorry. It, I just thought of it. Uh, please continue, Drew. Uh, Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen this one. I I have to be, I have to be honest. It's like it goes in and out. It goes in and out for me. But I do remember. I do remember Ben Stiller in this movie. And I remember some of the quotes. So it's. This movie is like it's just really good. I think it's just been so long since I've seen it, which now I just want to go see it. Uh I just want to see it again. But this is a really this is a really good movie. It's very funny and uh honestly it's like Ben Stiller is like many people talk about like the comedic geniuses. I don't think Ben Stiller is brought up enough. I think he needs more uh I think he needs more to be brought up more, especially with some of his other stuff. Uh and uh what what other? What was the other one? Oh yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. How could I forget Beverly Hills Cop? Got This movie is great. This movie is great. You, if you guys ever wanted to see just Eddie Murphy goofing around, but also having a good, also having a good time with a movie and its plot and everything, it's like it's a perfect balance of com- of comedy and action. I honestly think this is one of the movies that like keeps it go, that keeps it going. And uh, how it's like how much more can I say without spoiling it? Like this movie's great. This movie's great. <laughs> well, they do a great job with Axel Foley as well. To whereas he is a bit of just kind of he's a bit of a jackass. He just does whatever yes. he wants. He cons his way into things, but he's also because of Eddie Murphy, he's very likable in the movie. And then there's also moments throughout the film where he gets serious, and he knows the hey, I'm gonna do everything I've been doing to everybody else to the fucking. A uh, guy who killed my friend, and it comes across not as funny anymore. It comes across as badass. And then throughout the movie, you also get these moments to where, oh no, he's a great detective. Like he knows what he's talking about. It's not just he's a goof off who is trying to get revenge on his friend. He comes to Beverly Hills and actually teaches people things here. So they did such a great job with his character. Yeah. As for the nice guys, I haven't seen it. It is on my list. I just have not had the time to watch it. So, can't say anything about that. I've heard good things, though. A lot of good things. Yeah, it's good shit. Tristan? Lethal Weapon. I'll just go ahead and lump in both Lethal Weapons together. Goated action movies. You know, really one of the best examples of a, of a buddy cop franchise. So, gotta give respect for that. Beverly Hills Cop. You know, everything you said, Eddie Murphy is just such a a fun presence and, you know, one of the most iconic musical scores of all time. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. I mean, hey, Ben Stiller's little mustache. Well, I should say big mustache. Like, that's a, it's, he's an icon. He's a style icon. Um, Really, I think I should model myself more after him. But what I really want to talk about is Nice Guys and how it's just a fan-fucking-tastic movie and Drew needs to watch it. Um the we're you know talking about buddy cop it comes out of nowhere too it really does it really does and the chemistry that ryan gosling and um shit russell crowe there we go i wanted to call him maximus (laughs) i was like no that's not his real name (laughs) 
that Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling have, it is it is fantastic. And me, much like everyone else, we are very desperate for a, a nice guy sequel that will probably never happen. But overall, I mean, the entire cast is great. Even aside from Matt Bomer, you mentioned, you know, Keith David, uh, Kim Basinger, um, Margaret Qualley, I believe. It's just uh, it, Angry Rice, who she was my pick for Supergirl. It's just uh, a, a great cast and a really good movie overall. Moving on to 22 through 18. We are getting into the weeds right now. Really are. This is where it was really difficult. 22, Rocky IV. 21, Inglorious Bastards. 20, T2, Judgment Day. 19, Aliens. And number 18, Django Unchained. So this one, not as, this one's a little serious compared to some other things on the list. Really? You, you, a Rocky four isn't a comedy for you? Well, Rocky four is by far the outlier. I would say. <laughs> out of all these. I, yeah, I, I would co-sign that statement. <laughs> Rocky four though. What is there? Just, I've said it so many times, just a few montages and two fights. And that's all it needed to be. I know that there's a, extended cut I don't know that ever got released I know Sylvester Stallone was talking about it I would love to see it I think it it. got released for like the anniversary but like Mm -hmm. theaters but I mean besides the point though like I would love to see it I'm sure you guys would too but I personally do not need it because I this movie knew what it needed to be and it was it was great this was a revenge story nothing more nothing less and that's why it's so fucking awesome and I think what makes the movie even better is what we get later on with the Creed franchise, especially. And just also the way that Rocky and Drago both talk about the fight. That it was not a boxing match. It was not just, oh, I'm going to get vent. It was straight up, I'm going in there, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy who killed my friend. Mm-hmm. And the other guy was fighting for his country. That was quite literally it. And that's all it needed to be. And you see that in Creed and how that affected Adonis. And how, and not only that, it affected Rocky. It ruins Rocky's life. Going for vengeance ruins Rocky's life entirely. So while, yeah, it's Oh, and you see that in the iconic film, Rocky V. Yeah. (laughs) The iconic film, Rocky V. Iconic film, Rocky V. But while, yeah, Rocky IV is fun and they got the robot. (laughs) The weird thing with Polly and the robot that I don't think we need to get into... (laughs) But it's, it, when you see what happens afterwards, they did such a great job at making Rocky Four continue to matter by killing off one of the best characters, not just in the franchise, but in cinema history. Um, trying to find my place here. Inglorious Bastards, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Christoph I think you already Fultz. talked about Inglorious Bastards. Did I? I'm pretty sure you did. I don't remember it. But besides the point, just for editing purposes, in case I haven't, Glorious Bastards is awesome. Chris Fox Watts is awesome as well. Um, Michael Fassbender's in this movie. He is in that movie. <laughs> for like oh, 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> it's a random, random scene. He's great in it. But I, when re-watching it, you go, shit, that's Michael Fassbender. The ending is awesome. Not going to spoil it just in case anybody hasn't seen Glorious Bastards. But it's one of those things where Tarantino movies 
I am going to get into spoiler territory. I'm sorry. Tarantino movies typically end with ambiguous or like, oh, this isn't going to end well for the protagonist endings. And I think Inglorious Bastards ends with kind of like a half and half thing. Like, oh yeah, it doesn't end well for some, but then you get like this moment at the end where you feel a little vindicated for having watched it. You don't feel pissed off. I think when you watch Django Unchained, the endings, that's one of the other ones where you're like, shit, awesome, he got out. And lastly, Aliens and Judgment Day. Two of the classic films of all time for similar reasons. Um, We had an episode on both of those movies, so be sure to check it out. I don't really feel like getting into it. So you guys kick it off. Any thoughts here? I mean, Rocky Four is one of the greatest sports movies of all time. And I say that as someone who doesn't normally give a shit about sports movies, but Rocky Four is a was a big part of my childhood. And, you know, you can't get much better than James Brown's Living in America. Um, and Glorious Bastards, solid movie. I get why people like it. You know, I, I enjoy it. Not my favorite Tarantino movie. That would be Django, which you also have. But it's a great time nonetheless. And Christoph Waltz is fantastic in it. He's He's the real highlight for me. I mean, T2 Judgment Day, you know, like it's, it's go to that and aliens like James Cameron does not miss with sequels. Okay. And I'm glad that we were able to do episodes on, on both of those. And then, you know, as I said, Django Unchained, it's my favorite Tarantino movie. I think the entire cast is fantastic. I think it's a, it's a, a very fun time despite it's very, very dark and unsettling subject matter. But, you know, especially if you got a little, uh, little melanin in your, in, in your skin pigment there. It's uh, it can be, it's a bit cathartic. I'll just say that. For me, Rocky four, it's one of my favorite Rocky movies. It's like, honestly, it's like the more I rewatch the Rocky franchise, it's like, I love, love the, uh, I love Rocky two coming in there and just showing us like the rematch and everything and making it feel like, it not only was it neat, not only was it needed, but it was like, it's something that you just wanted to see. It's just something that you just wanted to see. But then it's like you also got Rocky Four, and this one's a good and this one's so good. It's like it's so cheesy. It's so weird. But it it it's so good at the same time. Uh don't don't watch if you uh don't watch if you can't handle uh uh Paul it, Polly in a certain relationship, but <laughs> uh like I love Rocky Four. Uh so and uh R.I.P. Apollo, dude. I'm sad that you're dead, but at the same time, if you didn't die, we wouldn't have gotten Creed. So, it's a hard toss-up. Inglorious Bastards. God, I love this movie. I love this movie so much. I've watched this movie a ton of times. And, good God, I don't want to spoil anything either. Because, honestly, this is a really good go-in-blind movie. Like, you don't have to go in blind. But I would highly recommend it. Uh, And also, I love, like, some of the small details and everything. Like, uh, I know, I know, like most people won't get this, but Taylor, you'll you'll get kind of get this. It's like, oh, a certain scene where it's like how uh, our main our main cast are quote unquote discovered. Mm-hmm. Judgment Day, love ju- love Judgment Day. It's a good, it's a great movie. Uh, I think when I first watched Judgment Day, I already knew the twist, but still was a still good movie when I first watched it and I will rewatch the hell out of it every time I can aliens. What can you even say about aliens? It's like 
this is probably one of the most quotable horror thriller movies ever. It's like, look, look into my eye. Uh, all right, sweethearts, you heard the man. You know the drill. Assholes and elbows. We're on an express elevator to hell going down. I say we take off, nuke the cypher orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Game over, man. Game I was about over. to say you're missing. You're missing the <laughs> the most quotable line. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are we supposed to use, man? Harsh language. It's like God. This movie is so quotable. I could go on and on, but it's like it is so good. It is so good. And Ripley, one of the best freaking protagonists ever. It's like I love. R- I love how Ripley is used in this movie, how people just don't believe her, but then when it's her time to shine, it's like, yeah, she's gonna be the hero she's gonna be the one to save the day here. It's like, yeah, everyone else is dead, but she's at least making sure that this girl gets to go home. And you know what the best part is? What? The best part is there was never another alien movie or a Terminator movie after those two. I have heard that. I don't, they I don't just, know the, the numbers track on that. But it was T2 Judgment Day and Aliens, and they said, that's it. We're not going to fuck up the that franchise. They just capped it. Yeah, they capped they, it. They, they, they capped it. They realized they couldn't top it. They couldn't get more money out of this. They realized it. Yep. Hollywood, y'all made a great decision there. Mm-hmm. Django Unchained. I have to admit, I had no idea what this movie was when I went into it. It was just something that my <laughs> brother and sister wanted to see on Christmas. I'm on sorry. Christmas it's a like, very serious be... movie. Andrew, with the subject matter and everything. This, <laughs> said, it came out on Christmas. He said, I had no idea what this movie was. About ten minutes in, you must be going, all right. That was uh, like interesting. Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> Where it's like my brother and sister just did not tell me what the hell this movie was, and I was like, okay, we're going to see a Christmas movie. We're going to see a Christmas movie on Christmas. I didn't expect the there's film theaters to be open today. It, there's there's snow in it. It's like when I first went when I first went in, I was like, it's going to be an old West Christmas movie, and then it's like the ten minutes in, I was like, I don't like you guys right now. You guys made me think that this is going to be a Christmas movie. This ain't no damn Christmas movie. There's also a snowman <laughs> like, at shit. some point. There it is. I was being shit in the theater, but I was so pissed. <laughs> I did not hold back. And they were like, you're being rude. And it's like, you were rude. But I loved the movie. I still love the movie. It, it's re- This is a really good uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, and again, the goat Samuel Jackson is in this which I honestly think you can't really have like the best Quentin Tarantino movies all have Samuel L. Jackson in it. Uh, yeah, but Jamie Foxx is great as Samuel L. Jackson, although Christoph Waltz steals the show as Dr. King, like, and Carrie, Wa- and Carrie Washington for the small stuff she has as Broomhilda. It's like everyone was hitting a 10 in this one. Everyone was hitting a 10 at the minimum because there are times they go to 11 and then 12. It's a really, it's a really fucking good movie. I love it. Uh, the horse dance in the end. Oh, oh yeah, the horse dance in the end. Oh, also, like, just Jamie Foxx in that ridiculous blue getup. Looking like a little boy blue. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I loved it and everything. Moving on to 17 through 13. Number 17, The Dark Knight. Number 16, Die Hard. 15, Batman Under the Red Hood. 14, John Wick. 13, 
Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Now, I knew Under the Red Hood had to be on this list. I knew it. Yeah, Under the Red Hood is definitely... It was it was a lock, alright, to be on this list. The only question was how high could it go. It is... It's... It's short, don't get me wrong. But if you're saying what is the best Batman movie of all time, I'd probably say Batman Under the Red Hood. Live action and animation. If you're... You know, going under those criteria, I would go under the Red Hood, guaranteed. Like, it is a perfect film. The only problem is, I would make it longer. You know how rare that is for movies, guys? That people go, I would like to spend more time in the cinema, about 30 to 40 minutes. I mean, to be fair, this movie is barely over an hour, so... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is one of those instances where you're like, yeah, 30, 40 minutes, about the quality you guys were doing. This is still a 10 out of 10, and it is you know, probably I always, higher. You know, I always felt like the movie was missing something, and you know what uh, What initially made me realize what it was missing? What was it? It's like, we got that cool scene where Batman and Red Hood are working together, and I was like, it needed one more scene like that, where it's just the two of them facing off against criminals, and, and then when we got um the... Uh, with the uh, Matt Murdock scene in Daredevil where he's facing off everyone in a hallway, it's like, it needed one of those. Just a continuous shot of these two showing they're all in a, in, a, in a fight, but also protecting each other and not wanting the other to die for different reasons. It's like, we needed that. Well, speaking of Batman, talking about The Dark Knight, it's one of the classic movies of all time. Just going to go ahead and talk about The Elephant in the Room. Heath Ledger gives possibly the greatest performance in the history of cinema as the Joker in this movie. He's just so good. To this day, people still give out fan theories of where the Joker came from, and that's why I think is the expertise behind Christopher Nolan's version of the character in this movie. And also, just to talk a little bit of shit here, I do love how before this movie came out, everybody was shitting on Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker. Being like, oh yeah, this was this is horrible. This is going to be absolute trash. Why did they do this? Then what we end up getting? Man made them now, eat his words. Yeah, The Dark Knight, one of the best movies of all time. The stuff with Two Face is very underrated too. People mostly talk about the Joker, but the Two Face stuff was awesome as well. As a Two Face fan, I agree. Die Hard, as also a Two Face fan, I agree. Shout out to Bruce Willis with everything he's got going on. Hey, man. It's it's really tragic there. Not to bring up Heath Ledger and then Bruce Willis back to back there. Two very terrible stories. But with Bruce Willis in this movie, this is probably his best performance too, I would say. Uh, just so many memorable scenes. I don't really want to spoil too much about it. Um, John Wick. <laughs> I mean, Tristan. We talked about this in your Damn list. <laughs> say, oh, we went into it on your we've list. We've said what we need to say about John Wick. Have we ever done a John Wick John Wick haven't on we? our uh I don't think we have show? We haven't? I could have sworn uh, no, we have. I don't think we have. Really? Well well, we know what franchise is next. I could have sworn now I feel like um this feels like a Mandela effect thing. I could have sworn we have. I don't think we have. I'm I know sure. I wasn't on it if we did. So Now, this is the only John Wick movie that's on my list. 
I love John Wick 2. I've yet to see 3 or 4. But what? I love John Wick 2. Wait, what? You rat bastard. <laughs> watch How John you not How are you going to put together this list and not watch 3 and 4? Let me explain my rationale here. Now, 3 and 4 might end up making this list whenever I see it. Very well possible. But I will say, as much as I love John Wick Chapter 2, there is something about the first one that when you watch the second one again, you're like, it's great, but it doesn't hit as hard. Because the first I, one, you just have a special place in your heart about it. So I was thinking I mean, about... I like, higher on my list than one, so... Yeah. And again, mileage may, may vary. I cannot blame you if you do put all John Wick movies on a top 52 favorite movies of all time, because this franchise revitalized the action genre. It changed it completely from all the quick cuts and the way that taken was shot to what John wick does is just, I mean, I've been saying it all episodes, something's outstanding, something's excellent, but what else are you going to say? It's magnificent. That's a good word for it. That's a good word for it. And finally, empire strikes back. It's a classic, absolute classic. I love the film. There's one Star Wars movie I like more. But, man, this is one of the best movies of all time. It's going to be that goaded movie, Last Jedi, I'm willing about. <laughs> it will not be The Last Jedi. I just want to... Damn, I wouldn't even be sarcastic, because that is... <laughs> that movie's great. Like, the, like I, was be, I was being sarcastic, because that movie is not great. Mm, but... I agree to disagree. I can't wait till we end up doing a Last Jedi episode. It's going to be like four hours long. And I'm not gonna. I might not even be on it. Arguing. Yeah, it's just gonna be you and Tristan. If I'm on it, it's just gonna be like I introduce you two, and you guys go off. We need you on, Taylor. It's like otherwise we're never gonna come to any senses. <laughs> I don't think. And by I'm that I mean we're never change. gonna get Tristan to come to his senses. But besides the point, this isn't about the Last Jedi. This is about the Empire Strikes Back. So, what are your guys' thoughts on these five? And then we can move on. Dark Knight. It is goaded. I have mentioned many times before that I feel as though a lot of times that the the Dark Knight trilogy is more of a detective story over a Batman story. But, it, you know, it's still a pretty good Batman story. I will give it that. And I cannot lie. Heath Ledger as the Joker is just amazing. I like it. Like, good God, the writing, the acting, the improvisation for it. It's like, I love it. Also, also. It keeps one of the things that I think every Joker needs at the end of the day. The origin is multiple choice. You don't know who he is, where he came from. You can't say crap about. You can't say crap about. Oh, his, his philosophy. He had. He has none. Now, does he have a plan? Yes, he has a plan. I mean, good God, he he does so much stuff. He has a plan, but it's like the dude is the dude is crazy, and that's all you really need. He is the chaos to Batman's order. Die hard. Die hard. It's like what? It's like what else? Can, what else can you say? It's like I don't think even people who like didn't grow up with Die Hard know what Die Hard is. This is somehow a Christmas tradition, almost as big as freaking Home Alone. I know how to describe it, Drew. I think I got you. Die Hard. If you had to describe what it, describe what an eighties action movie is to somebody who had never seen one, you describe Die Hard. You know what? Yes. 100%. It is everything about the 80s, good and bad, but 
but damn it, it's fucking memorable, and it's the reason it's a classic. And that's what I love about that era of film. It's like, not everything's perfect. Not everything's shot perfect. But there's an earnestness kind of about the film. There's an overall energy that you're just like, yeah, this is uh, exactly. something. And, and I think Die Hard, if you had to, again, describe an 80s movie to somebody who had never seen it before, you would be describing Die Hard. Pretty much, yeah. You you got it in one. Yeah. Batman Under the Red Hood. My only regret on the episode we did is that Tristan wasn't fucking on it. Hey, man. Uh, I'll co-sign that. John Wick. Okay. Keanu Reeves as John Wick is probably one of the best ideas I have ever seen. Like... Okay, when Taylor said that this revitalized the action genre, not only was he right, it was written it, it was written in on a stone tablet and delivered from the heavens. Because good God, this makes this brought back action and made people just want to see more, more, more. My one regret is that I haven't really seen a lot of knockoffs of John Wick, which I kind of want some because this is so good. I feel like the knockoffs would at least be entertaining. We got so many knockoffs of like White House Down. And Olympus has fallen. But we can get knockoffs of John Wick. Okay, let's not let's not disrespect Olympus has fallen. Look, I genuinely do like of all time, Mike Bannon, played by Gerard Butler. I do actually like Olympus has fallen. As like an entertaining movie, Olympus has fallen is pretty sequels, good. Sequels, uh, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. the sequels. London has fallen, not anyway. bad, but Angel has fallen. I fell asleep. And also White House Down, honestly, pretty entertaining. The fact that they came out at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, that, it had similar vibe to, uh, what was it? No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits coming out in the same summer. It's like, all right, what are we, what are we doing here? Somebody had a script for one of the movies, got fired, went to another studio, just like barely changed it a little bit, turned it in. Yeah. And the old studio used the script. I do gotta say, if there's what if there's one thing about John Wick as well, even though it's like it, ha- like John Wick has like, let's be honest, minim a lot of minimal talking for a movie, like not like not like it's like not like the people talking it a lot, but it's like this. It's like I talked about how aliens had massive quotes. This series has so many goddamn quotes that sometimes I forget which movie they're from. Because- it's like, did this come from chapter two, chapter one? I don't know. Uh, but this one, this one is, this one has such good movies and such good lines. Like, yeah. oh, when they say, like the Baba Yaga speech itself could be like, you could just show that to someone and they would want to watch John Wick. That's how hard it goes. And it is not the only scene that does that. The part in part two where the guy's like, he killed a guy with a pencil. A fucking pencil. That's the moment where early on, again, I know John Wick Chapter 2 is not on my list. That's the moment where you're in the theater and you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, okay, so this isn't going to be bad. This is, they know what they're doing. Like, like the irony of that for me was that I have seen so many action movies where someone kills someone with a pencil. It was practically not even special to me. So, but it still was like just the way that they delivered the line just made it, just made it so good. Uh, and Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Many people cite this as peak Star Wars. I would say it's pretty good. I do admit though that my, the way I watch Star Wars 
kind of affected this for me. Like, this is supposed to be the moment you realize Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Because they put the they put um, Star Wars in episodes by the time I watched Star Wars. I knew the twist. Yeah. I knew the twist. It's like I kept wondering why does no why has no one called why are they calling Anakin Skywalker like he's a freaking different person? See, that's something for another episode, but I find that to be a very interesting debate of what is the best order to show somebody who hasn't seen Star Wars, the franchise. Four through six, one through three, and then yeah. end it there. See, I've heard from Ghost the sequels to the prequels. I've heard prequels to the sequels. Uh, So, I I don't know. I feel like that'd be a very interesting conversation. Not for this episode, because that'd be 20, 30 minutes. But, (laughs) Tristan, you already uh, talked about your thoughts, right? So, I can move on? No, I did not. Oh, you did not. Please get into your thoughts. Damn, damn, not you just trying to erase my opinions. Yeah, I am. Uh, Dark Knight. Obviously, one of the best made movies of all time. Christopher Nolan rarely misses. Um, this used to be on my list, but after just thinking about it, the the Batman, I'm like, the Batman was everything I wanted in a Batman movie. So it sort of just supplanted the Dark Knight in my in my mind. But that being said, everything about it, stem to stern, is still fantastic. I don't regret the fact that I own the entire Dark Knight trilogy on Blu-ray. Uh, Die Hard, I mean. Yippee ki motherfucker. Shout out to Alan Rickman. We were talking about, you know, Bruce Willis's best performances, but we gotta we gotta give some props to old uh the late Allie Ricks. Uh obviously Die Hard is iconic for a reason. It's one of the best Christmas movies, but you know, again, Batman returns. Speaking of Batman, Batman Under the Red Hood. We just got three Batman references in a row. It's funny because I actually just finished rereading the Under the Red Hood comic last night. Um, from doing a big Batman reread and wow. you know especially after rereading the comic I'm like damn comic was better a lot of things in the comic that weren't in the movie that could have added that extra 30 minutes you were uh, you were wanting there Taylor that being said it's still got fantastic performances it's still one of the best DC animated movies period and a great adaptation of the story overall Jensen um, John Wick I mean Jensen Ackles is as Red Hood like he He's, kills it this movie's the reason why I want him to be the DCU Batman Along with him actually playing the character in the animated universe right now. But yeah, it, it automatically, okay, He it proved to me, like, oh, he knows, like, you don't have to He's know the character. But, yeah, you can, I think that's always a plus when you got yeah, somebody who's like invested. He's, he he has a passion for this corner of the of the, of the universe, and yes. that is palpable. Um, John Wick, I mean, it's John Wick. Like, it's... Like, Taylor, ask me if John Wick is a good movie. Is John Wick a good movie? Yeah. I'm thinking it was. I'm thinking it, well, I was just going to go with at the end of, well, you haven't, uh, never mind, you haven't seen John Wick Chapter 3, so you don't get that, uh, Taylor, because you're uncultured. Um, But, yeah, I'm thinking it was. (laughs) That would, you know, Drew, have you seen John Wick Chapter 3? Yes. Okay, so you know the end when Lawrence Fishburne's like you pissed off and you know that that's mm-hmm. what I was referencing. Real John Wick fans listening out there, they'll know what I'm referencing, but Taylor <sighs> fake uh fake Wick fan, I'm sorry Thanks, to say. Buddy. We gotta we gotta rectify that. Um but no, I mean John Wick is goaded. Like 
I mean, it's John Wick. What, what, what the fuck can be said about it? Um, and then Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Like, it's it's peak Star Wars. It's, uh, I mean, yeah. Like, there's nothing. Actually, you know what? Let me look at my list. Is that actually the same? That might be the similar to, let me see. Oh, damn. You got it. You got it. I added it at 16. So for a second, I was like, oh, do we have the uh, Empire in the same place? We're on similar places. It's goaded. Like, it, it's yes. one of the best Star Wars movies. It's one, I mean, it's one of the best movies of all time, uh, period. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Empire, bro. Shout out to Billy D. Williams coming in with his sick mustache and just being like, oh, hey, old buddy, Han, refusing to say Han the way anybody else does, <laughs> but you don't care. It's Billy D. Williams. Moving on to 12 through 8. And this is the point in the episode where I want to remind everybody that this, the title of our episodes here are not best movies of all time. It's our favorite movies of all time. So while Empire Strikes Back is a better movie in pretty much every way. You're about to put Revenge of the Sith, aren't you? Number 12, Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Number 11. I saw that coming. Spider-Man No Way Home. Number 10, Happy Gilmore. Number 9, Interstellar. And number 8, Guardians Gosh. of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Now, this, this motherfucker's cooking. Now, quickly going through Revenge of Sith, I saw this movie multiple times as a kid in theaters. I fucking loved it. And watching it again today, it's not perfect. It's not. As Anakin's turn is also a little... It's not perfect either, but it still works. And when he turns is when the movie goes from, oh yeah, this is really good, into, oh shit, this got real dark real fast, and it absolutely is a 10 out of 10 from that point on. Um, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen fucking bring it at the end of that movie. Spider-Man No Way Home? I don't know what the consensus is nowadays, but I do remember when the movie initially came out, there was some talk about it being like, Oh yeah, but a lot of fan service and cameos and this is what the problem is with MCU and later on we'd say Multiverse of Madness and what have you. But No Way Home, yeah, it has these cameo characters, but they're not really cameos. All the characters in this movie play a purpose. Like, the other two Spider-Men in this movie are not just, oh yeah, here they are, don't you remember them? They had the moment there where it's like, hey, remember them? But after that, they become full-fledged part of the movie. After that, and for <laughs> I give Sony a lot of flack, and I think it's deservingly so for their writing and their stories. But I will say, genius move to do a basically a Sinister Six movie, a Sinister Five, if you will, and a fiendish in, five, a fiendish five. Thank you. And instead of yeah. going through the backstories and you know fleshing them out, you went. Well, shit, we got five villains that we've done before that have already been fleshed out. Let's just bring them back. The work's already done. Honestly, pretty fucking genius. When you think about it. Like, this movie is awesome for all the nostalgia, for all the characters it brings back. It fixes Jamie Foxx's Electro. I feel like that's deserving to be in the top 52 by itself. That's, yeah. Yep, yeah. Alfred Molina's Doc Ock continues to be amazing. Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin continues to be amazing. Like, the villains in this movie are great. 
the Spider-Man come back, and they are fucking awesome as well. This was Andrew Garfield's time to be like, hey, you know what? I didn't get a send-off. I'm going to come into this. I'm going to give the audiences that did like my movies, or at least like my portrayal, something that they could be like, okay, that was nice. That was a nice tying up of a bow there that hopefully I want to see both of those versions, both Garfield and McGuire's, again, 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 somewhere else down the line here. Um, And finally, last thing I'll say about No Way Home. For There's a lot of talk around the MCU Spider-Man, right? A lot of divisiveness, including on this panel, right? About like how you feel about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, the character, how you feel about how his journey has been in the MCU, whether it's been bumpy, whether it's been really good. I think everybody agrees, though, that by the end of No Way Home, turning the entire trilogy into this origin story for Spider-Man and really getting really serious with Peter Parker and not tying him to Iron Man anymore was the perfect decision from Sony and Marvel. Like, this put Tom Holland's Spider-Man back on track for people who weren't really on board with what they were doing while not upsetting the people who enjoyed what they were doing. Like, they absolutely navigated that to perfection, I think. Um, Happy Gilmore, I don't have a whole lot to say. This is one of the best comedies of all time, in my opinion. I think this is Adam Sandler's best movie. A lot of quotable moments. Shooter McGavin is one of the best villains in comedic history. Um... And Ben Stiller also plays a part in here. You mentioned Ben Stiller, Drew, how he doesn't get enough credit. This movie's another example why I think he doesn't get enough credit. He absolutely crushes it here. Um, Interstellar, number nine, goaded movie. We did an episode of it on Nerdstop Movies. Be sure to check out that retrospective. It's absolutely incredible. Matthew McConaughey, damn. Just damn. What a performance. Um, Don't let him leave, Murph. And Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2, it's an excellent movie. I know this is probably the least liked out of all the Guardians movies, but what happens between Peter Quill and his father, the whole story there, with Rocket and his story throughout the movie, not only that, the stuff with Gamora and her sister. Like, this is a movie about family. And not... (laughs) Tristan, hold back your Fast and Furious comment. (laughs) <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. It's a movie. It is a movie about family, though. And it I mean, hey, Vin a, Diesel's in both, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, though. But it does such a great job with that theme. But, yeah, it, just an excellent movie all the way around. Thoughts? Drew, you can go first. Revenge of the Sith. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Like I admit, it's not the great, it's not the best movie. There's there's some flaws, but I honestly think that the movie kind of transcends those flaws. And I'm gonna be honest, a lot of people have gone back and like just recontextualize a lot of stuff. Like you can go and look at Clone Wars. You can go and you can go and look at uh the uh plot points that they did with the prequels, especially Revenge of the Sith. And it's like ah, like that recontextualizes it. I like it now. And Star Wars has a way of doing that. Really, really, it's like I really, really like it. Anakin's turned to the dark side. I admit it's a little abrupt. Feels like it needed one more push. But I still can see where he's coming from. Like, it's character consistency. You can see why Anakin turned out this way. Spider-Man No Way Home. I like Spider-Man No Way Home. I really do. 
I haven't. I will admit though that I have seen the flaws of this movie, the flaws of this movie, and everything. And yeah, I can see how people could be blindsided to do it because it's like it's a lot of good fan service, and it still has a great story. It still has a great story to tell. It's it's really it's still really good. I like Tom Holland as Spider Man. I disagree with the fact that he needed to be like the other Spider. Like the other Spider-Man, especially when this movie pretty much points out that we've gotten the Spider-Man story two other times in in less than a decade, that does the exact same thing. I'm gonna be here all day if I keep talking about this, but it's like my whole thing is like I feel like an Avengers Spider-Man one that's well off and needing to see a different style of great power, great responsibility would have been better. But eh, eh, it's what it's whatever. It's what we got. Hopefully, hopefully the MCU gets his act together so that way we can get a good version of that. Happy Gilmore. Okay, so some backstory here. We were going to have an episode on Happy Gilmore between Drew and I. Drew messaged me. He was like, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I didn't really like the movie, which is fair enough. And we didn't want to sit here and be like, I really like this thing. I didn't like this thing. And then for it being a comedy, I feel like that's not entertaining. So that's why we ended up doing the DC episode instead. Which, side note, rude that you guys waited till it was an episode that I wasn't going to be on to do that. <laughs> but besides the point, that's the reason why we did that. And yeah, again, it was mainly just because we were like, eh, whatever. Let's just go ahead and do another episode instead. But please continue, Drew. Yeah, just to give my quick aside for Happy Gilmore. Uh, when I was young, I thought the movie was okay. Like, <laughs> like I didn't, I've never really been a huge fan of Happy Gilmore. But I thought the movie was just okay. And really, I think what soured me on Happy Gilmore and makes me dislike the movie is the fact that Adam Sandler has told the same movie nearly a million times. And, like, yeah, eventually I just got very annoyed with the Adam Sandler style of comedy. And Happy Gilmore is it on a, on steroids. There's still a lot of cool quotable moments that you could get of Happy Gilmore in isolation for me. But for most other people, it's like, it's a fond memory. So just, it's a good movie. I just don't like it. Interstellar. Ah, oh, this this movie is honestly so good, but it also makes me very afraid of space. <laughs> like, oh damn! I I I was like something I really wanted to do as a as a kid, be an astronaut. Now it's like, oh thank God, I changed my mind. Oh, uh, even though we have not gotten past our moon yet for people travel, it's like still like ooh, Interstellar. It's like I love the movie. You make me very afraid of space. Uh, it's a good, it's a good movie though. Uh, like I said, like in the review, it's like this movie is just—it's an experience. It is—you really can go into it, and you just feel, and you just feel like you're going through it with the characters and everything. Not to mention the music and effects. It's just—it it hits so well. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Gonna be frank. Even with Guardian 3. I think this is my favorite of the Guardians movies. It's like I like Rocket and I like the I like the stuff we get through. I feel like Guardians 2 though just keeps me invested and entertained from start to finish. In Guardians 3, I feel like there are some lull points for me. But volume two is like I like the stuff with Peter's dad. Like I like the um that it's really just character consistency that makes this movie. It's like Guardian it's like Guardians 1 walks so that way this movie could run. And it's just it's so it's so good. Like you get to see all these different characters. You get to have you get to have fun with the powers of the Guardians and like have different points with their abilities and everything. 
Baby Groot is a marketing stunt, but he is a good use of a marketing stunt because he is just everything. He is like, yes, he's adorable, but he's also like, he's important to the plot. He's important to the whole guard to the whole of the Guardians family. It's uh, it's really good. And don't forget the best part of the movie. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Well, that's a really good part. But the best part of the movie to me is whenever Peter is being entranced by Ego. And he Ego then reveals that he killed Peter's mom. I it put it broke my heart to put that tumor in her yep. head. What I love so much about that scene is it's just initially from Peter a what? And then shoots him in the head. Immediately no shoots hesitation. his father. Yes. It's fucking one of the most badass scenes in the MCU to me because it's like, you know what? There's nothing you're going to say that's going to make that all right. You're gonna die yeah. now. It's fucking awesome. It's like, oh, now you're you are immediately the bad guy. There's no even yep. if you're you know, aside from oh, cool motive still murder, it's like, nope, this doesn't matter what the motive was. Like you're you're done. Yeah. Exactly. Also look best part. Also love the fact that um ego can only see growing up and being mature is grow is doing his way and everything. And Pete and it's like Peter, he has not grown up yet. He is not at that point in the movie, but he does mature when he realizes how much of a bastard his father is. Yeah. And we see his growth through Guardians 3 as well. Whereas, I would say by the end of Guardians 3, he's probably pretty mature at that point. Yeah. But he doesn't lose his he doesn't lose his fun side. That's the one thing I I love about Guardians. It's like, Peter will always be the fun one of the group, even when he's depressed. Tristan? I mean, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith is... It's Star Wars. Like, it's not necessarily the best Star Wars movie as we've talked about, and it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it, in a lot of ways, is peak Star Wars. And having moments where it's like, this is the, just the coolest thing ever, and having other moments where like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Um, so you gotta, you gotta respect it. Now, No Way Home, I love. It's probably, I think it's my favorite MCU movie. I think that's where I have it on my on my rankings. I mean, it's got Daredevil in it, even if it's just for five seconds and he doesn't dress up as Daredevil. So, automatically, that gets a bonus points. But as you guys mentioned, everyone's performances are great, especially Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina coming back as, as Green Goblin and Doc Ock. Like, they're just on a whole other level, especially Willem Dafoe. Like, he is... Without a doubt, my favorite MCU villain, just from reprising a role that he played 20 years ago. Happy Gilmore? I haven't seen it. Not a big Adam Sandler guy. There you go. Interstellar, one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it was in the, you know, it's it's my fourth favorite movie. Um, and man, th- this is the movie that made me like Matthew McConaughey. Uh, the number of times I, I referenced, don't let me leave Murph, just on a regular basis. is It's incalculable. And it's just such a good, it's just such a good movie, and it gets me in the feels uh, every single time that I watch it. Hans Zimmer's score is incredible, and it's movies like this that that make Nolan just uh, my favorite director. It's just great shit. And Garden of the Galaxy Volume Two, um, one of my favorite MCU movies. I can't decide if I like it or Guardians Three more. Um, but I definitely like it more than one. So if this is apparently one of, if this is the most hated Guardians movie, then I guess Taylor, we gotta start fighting some people because this is a good damn movie. <laughs> um, the performances are great. The story is really heartfelt in a way that you don't often get from a lot of the the more formulaic MCU movies, and it's just it's just a damn good time. Like that'll that'll get you in your feels. Uh, it's just a good god goddamn movie. 
All right, so I'm going to go ahead and go with seven through one so we can go ahead and wrap up here. So number seven, I got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Number six, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number five, Avengers Endgame. Number four, Avengers Infinity War. Number three, Tommy Boy. Number two, Back to the Future. And number one, which might be a surprise, it might not, it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, that is a little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise for me, too. Talk about, real quick, the book ending of the Guardians movies on 7 and 1 here. I think the reason I rank 1 above 2 on my list is because I think 2's the better movie. But for me, 1 was the better theater experience. Whereas it was just one of those things to where, you know when you get into a theater and the whole theater is just kind of vibing? Nobody has their phones out. No one's doing anything really fucking stupid during the movie. And everybody's just... It was just a perfect experience throughout the whole movie. It, like, everybody was on point. Like, everybody was into the comedy, into the action scenes. The end of the movie, all that stuff was great. Speaking of the end of the movie, too, the whole dance-off at the time... Like, at this point, I think we can all look at the MCU and be like, oh, God, it gets way too silly. And I agree with both of you. I think Taika Waititi is a pretty big culprit of the reason we've gone in this direction. But I think it really fits the Guardians. And for the time period of when this movie came out, that ending was kind of fresh. You know, not having that epic, let's all have these huge uh, shots at the big boss and said it was a big distraction with a dance-off. I thought that was really cool. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. We did an episode on that, too. One of the best movies of all time. It's fucking amazing. Like, everything you want in a movie, everything everywhere, all at once has it. Drama, you got it. Comedy, you got it. Great action, you got it. A little bit of, I want to say some horror there, depending on how you feel about hot dog fingers, you got it. Uh, it was horrible body horror. Yeah. Avengers Endgame, God, what a time this was. Where I want to say... a great way of ending the MCU. It felt like everybody who was invested, whether you were a hardcore MCU fan or a casual MCU fan, you were invested all the same in Avengers Endgame. There was just something about it, man, that I wonder how people around the time of like Star Wars Empire Strikes Back felt when it was in theaters. Or what was an experience that would be similar to Endgame? I'm very curious to hear what movies were similar because, man, it felt like it was special. And it truly was. Like, I think it has some issues, especially with its time travel, just because the MCU doesn't know how to follow its own rules. But all in all, it has a lot of great fan service. It has an excellent ending for many characters in the MCU. And, man, I hate to agree with Drew, but part of you do does go like and maybe this should have just been the ending we wrap up for a few years and then we come back later with possibly something but thank you and number four infinity war this was why endgame was so special it was the thing right there with all the characters like this was what we talked about with oceans 11 guys with like so many actors and balancing them the Russo brothers were like, all right, that time's five. <laughs> and then we have to give everybody something to do. 
they pretty much for the most part do it. Like this is a probably a perfect movie. And its ending left I talked about the Guardians being a great experience in the theater, right? The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. The ending of Infinity War, I don't know about you guys, but my theater went absolutely fucking radio silent. Not out of mind. Mine didn't, because I heard teenage girls sobbing and it irritated me. <laughs> Alright. Tristan doesn't like him. <laughs> well, it's when Peter does. Like, I oh, can't believe he's dying. I'm like, they literally announced the next Spider-Man movie. He's gonna be fine. Like, like, like she's a teenager. Come on. Tristan. I mean, I don't know if she was teenage, but it's at least sounded around my. Age. It. I was. Just, I, it annoyed me. I was being a hater. I'm like, it's a great movie, but y'all need to calm down. Like, we have all the all these characters have sequels announced. Like, true, but I think the reason the ending really hit so many people. Is because everybody thought what was going to happen was Thor was going to take out Thanos at the end. And when Thanos snaps his fingers, a lot of people, especially people who didn't read comics, went, wait, hold, like, our brains malfunctioned. Because we were like, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean that's it? What's going on? Wait, why are people disappearing? Oh my god, he won. And he got away. Like, it was just our brains catching up to what was happening at the time. It was just... Again, it's kind of like Endgame was a point in time when you see the movie and you're seeing it for the first time. You're just like, wait, what's going to happen? Because I was like you, Tristan. I know that there's sequels in the works. I know they're coming back. But my mind is so boggled because I'm like, how are they going to get these people back? Like, can they get Gamora back? Like, all those questions. Uh, But yeah, fantastic movie. I think it's honestly a 10 out of 10. Tommy Boy. The fuck? the Go funny thing, oh hold on, hold on, hold on. The funny thing about if it, the funny thing about Infinity War was that this was brought up in Comic Book Club once. Tristan, is someone mentioned that it probably would have been better if Disney never announced the new movie. Oh yeah, then that would have actually had some suspense. But when I tell you like they were crying, I mean like it was like a funeral, like it was a sob, like <gasps> and I was like Jesus Christ, like calm down, dude. There were several I, rows behind me. Like, this is just <laughs> overwhelming. Like shit, you're taking you're taking me out of the moment because you can't contain yourself. Yeah, I do. I do recall my theater being dead silent, and then some. And then someone was looking around, and he asked, "Are you smiling?" And I was like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry." But I didn't this think they do it. But this is. Good. I didn't think they do. I didn't think they do it. And he knew right away I was a comic reader. But I. But the fact that I was smiling. That I was smiling. It's like, oh my god, they're doing everybody else's misery. <laughs> That's a great. Everyone else is in position. misery. It's like I know they're coming back. It's like, calm down. They're not killing Black Panther the fir- the the moment they get him. Not after he had such a great movie, great movie um turnout with the first one. They aren't killing him. It's like that was the. He's like he was one of the first to go, and that was when I was like, they're all coming back. They're not killing anyone. Moving on, number three, Tommy Boy. I think this is Chris Farley's best movie. Chris Farley, we talked about, because I had a few comedies here on my list, we've talked about comedy quite a bit, like how it ages and some great comedians doing great dramas, stuff like that. Chris Farley is one of the best comedians of all time. His very tragic passing, man, it you never really got to see the true potential, I think, of Chris Farley. But you watch Tommy Boy, and you understand why people love this man so much. This is David Spade's best movie. And I say this as somebody who loves Emperor's New Groove. 
but this is David Spade's best movie. This is Chris Farley's best movie. It's got Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec, Rob Lowe himself in it as well. I believe it has Bo Derek in it. It's just, it's a very quotable film, a very likable main protagonist who's kind of a screw up and you just want him to be better. It's a very fun, breezy story. And man, if you have not seen Tommy Boy, watch it. You will not be disappointed. Number two, Back to the Future. I mean, it's it's a perfect classic. movie. It's it's a perfect movie. Like if we're going ten out of ten and say we had best and not favorite as the topic discussion, Back, Back to the Future might be one. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it might be one for real. Like I, it would be hard pressed for me to go through like all the tens out of tens throughout the years, the Interstellar's, the Infinity Wars, and be like, what's number one? Back to the Future might win out of that. It's that damn good. Um, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, those two, like, perfect chemistry. And that's somebody else you talk about. And Michael J. Fox, still alive, thankfully. But another actor who you go, fuck, man, we had more potential there, and we just will never get to see it. And it's really, really disappointing. Um, And finally, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I know this is pretty surprising, but when I sat down to make the list, I knew a Guardians movie was going to be number one, and I rewatched Guardians three again. And I think it, we, I just said the thing about best. I think Guardians three is a ten out of ten. It is a fucking stellar film, from top to bottom. Like this is a goodbye to characters, and not in the oh we're gonna do something with them later. Even though they say Star Lord is will return. It felt like James Gunn and everybody on the crew, not just the cast, the crew, went into this going, all right, guys, this is the last time we're going to be together on the same set. Let's make something special. And they fucking did. This is a fucking banger of a film. Absolute heater. Drew, do you want to go first or should I take it? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first. Uh, Guardians, of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, like, I'm I am so surprised that Volume Two is your least favorite, but at the same time, it's really hard to put these in, put to put the Guardians movie in any order. Like it all is. of them are pretty it's, great. It's really it's just horrible to do because I love all three so much. As you can tell, it's my favorite franchise of all time. All three are in my mm-hmm. top ten. But again, the reason I put one above two is mainly just because of the theater experience I had. Yeah, totally understand. And Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is a pretty good one. It introduces you to the characters, and you're, like, trying to get used. And just like the Guardians themselves, you're trying to get used to them. So it's a pretty good, so it's a pretty good one. And, like, honestly, Guardian, Guardians 1, it's like, it's like it's one of my favorite movies of the MCU. So it's like, I can't even complain. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I don't know if I told you guys the story. I'm pretty sure I did when we did our review of it. Uh, but guard, but everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once was like, I was dead silent at the end of that movie. Like I, I was like on autopilot, and I just went home and hugged my mom. I was so you guys get all, you guys take some haterade when people get emotional over Infinity War. Everything, everywhere, all at once happens, and Drew's like, you know okay, what, man? First that off. Just- I mean, I didn't. First off, I didn't get any haterade, and Tristan did not say that he had gotten an emotional. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't sob. I had an emotional experience, but I didn't sob in the theater. Like I just watched a relative get shot. Like I can't overstate to you 
how emotional this person was. Like, you would have thought that they just saw their dog get run over by a car. Damn. It haunts me. Yeah. I admit I have had one emotional moment to that, but I was, like, a teenager. Like, I, I, look, a teary eye in the theater, a, a, a light, hmm. like, I get it. But I'm telling you, Taylor. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, and I, like, seven rows behind me. And I heard a loud sob. And, like, I, I don't remember what they said, but they were, like, sobbing and talking about, like, oh, it's so sad. Like, it, it was a bit much. Yeah, that, that, that does sound annoying. <laughs> but, yeah, um, like I said, everything, everywhere, all at once, like, had an, emo- had an emotional reaction to it. Uh, but mine was dead silence. I did not interrupt anyone. I was just walking out of the theater, got in my car, was on autopilot. And just the moment I got home, I just went to hug my mom. That was it. Drew was like, that Siri, was play Hello Darkness, my old friend. <laughs> well, no, it's like the movie end, ends nicely and it does end happily. It's just, yeah. G, it's just Jesus. It's like the feeling of like you and your family and like those arguments that you have and everything and how bad it's a heavy it film. Get. It's a heavy film. It's fun, film. but it's heavy. Like it's. I've described it before, but it does remind me a bit of the classic movies we love, right? And I would put it up there, and I'm curious to see if it ends up surviving the test of time with how much it's... Like, currently, it, like currently you can watch it on Amazon Prime, and I and it, it is being advertised. I really hope like it gets like a niche, odd, uh, niche following through that, or even just revitalized through it. But yeah, it just I, I get what you mean though. It's one of those movies that like, yeah, it's fun throughout, but take something else that's on my list, right? Terminator two Judgment Day. It's a really fun movie, but at the end, with old Arnold and the Terminator having to destroy himself, it gets pretty pretty sad, pretty emotional. And I I see what you mean. Like it's in a similar ish way in everything in the world at once to where like, yeah, some heavy stuff is going on here. But then we get into something else at the end to where it's not as dark and depressing. Yeah. Avengers End Avengers Endgame. Look, I'm gonna be f- fully honest. This is not if Endgame is not as good as Infinity War. There are a t- there's a ton of stuff that it does right and really well, and there's a ton of stuff it does not do right. I still love this movie. Like I will love it throughout my days. I am one of those people who can criticize his movie like see all the bad stuff and say yeah it's still a great movie i still love it so whatever uh but yeah endgame love it my biggest complaint is that thanos feels more like a mustache swirling bad guy than a guy who was trying to do this for the greater good but hey uh, the comics do that now too so it's a pain i'm used to infinity war though mm. It gets everything. That's comic accurate Thanos right there. Like, the only thing missing is that, like, Death is coming in and, like, trying to mess with his head like she normally does because she cannot take no for an answer, the asshole. But, uh, yeah, Infinity War is amazing. Goat, I said all I need to say about that. Tommy Boy. Mm, Haven't watched this one in a long time. I watched this one, like, I think I was, like, 20. And, uh, I think it's best if you grew up watching it. If you grew up to watch it, like if you were a young kid and watched it, it is hard to get through as an adult. 
I disagree completely with this. Like, Happy Gilmore I get. With Tommy Boy, I don't. I feel like it's a... But it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it is it is what it is. Like, I, I still like some of the comedy and everything. And some of the stuff I remember doing as a kid, which is why I can uh relate to it. But it was more of the smaller stuff. The other stuff was like... Uh, maybe it's maybe it's because I dislike a dumb protagonist. I think that's one of the things. Uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future one is so good, and I love all three Back to the Future movies. So the fact that one still reigns king and supreme in my head for the franchise, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. This one is so this one is so recent that I feel like if I say any more, I'm just going to be repeating myself. Like, it's, it's so good. My only, my only thing I would take out is Adam Warlock, but even then, it's like, I, it's like, I don't really mind him being there. It's like, I just, it's like, it's so good. You see the fam, you see the family in their last hoorah. You see that the Guardians team goes on, but the family is now moving on to find their own places in the, un- in the galaxy that they've been saving this whole time. It's really good. I like, Ro- I love Rocket's story. It's like, I've all, I've always been a fan of his story. They pulled it to the screen amazingly. I forget the name of the actor who plays the high evolutionary, uh, but he he just ki- he just kills it. Tristan, what about you? I mean, I'll just go ahead and lump both the Guardians together, like bookending your one and seven. I mean, the Guardians trilogy is, I think, I don't, I don't even think you can really argue against it. Like the most solid trilogy in the mcu so it makes total sense why you would have such a connection to those movies and why they would rank so highly for you um i think you're correct in that three is over one so you know past that i i I don't have any uh hard opinions against it because you know everyone's uh everyone's list is different now everything everywhere all at once says something that you know all of us have that movie in our top 10 like it's a good damn movie you know it's, it, that movie it, it just cooks as they say and and it really cooks as they say in back to the future um moving on to endgame and infinity war i mean endgame is the superior uh movie but you know hey man we all uh we all have our differing opinions so if y'all two want to be wrong you just want to leave old uh <laughs> t-man alone on the island of correctness i get it you know it's not the first time Set, it's happened. Says, it won't be the last. Set, many says while, many he go, says while he goes to the island of wrongness. But I mean, hey, man, who's who's to say? Which one of us got the film minor, Drew? You know, that just means academically. I am the film major. Means, acad- nah, I but I got the minor. Major. Nah, because I was busy. Uh, <laughs> nah, because I was busy doubling in in other things. So you know, I got I got uh, I got the rhetoric uh, rhetoric majors. So that means he I was know teaching I'm the film youth. Film major. I was teaching the youth. Major, That's right. I was teaching the Point being, <laughs> uh, point being, Endgame and Infinity War both solid movies. So there you go, Tommy Boy. Never seen it. That's all I gotta say about it. Back to the Future, perfect movie. You know, like it's that really cooks. Um, God, now I'm just thinking about how I want to watch Back to the Future. Funny though that like we all agree, Back to the Future one goaded. Then you just never really think about two or three. Two, yeah. not even bad. Two, good movie, but you just never think about it. Three, I also enjoy. I get why people don't like it, but you just never... It's not It's not one of those things where you have this just 
iconic cult classic movie. And then you're like, oh, the sequels really ruined it. Two and three, even if people don't like three, like they're still solid. It's just, it feels like you never really think about them in comparison to, well, like that's why we I got mean, the it, hoverboard and everything. It's like true, but like of... in comparison to the first one, it's like, I feel like even when people think of the hoverboard, it almost feels like they just immediately lump that in with the first back to the future. Like aside from the hoverboard, what's something in back to the future to that people reference regularly. When you think back to the future, you think the first one. Either way, that. good movie. No, I, I agree with that. Like, it, I think, yeah, Drew, you did mention, like, you love two and three. But I think what Tristan's trying to say is, like, when you're coming up with a list like this, I think people it will overshadows the other one two. and not put it in two. So, yeah. I, uh, I again, not taking anything away from two and three. I love two and three. Like, they're they're both fantastic. But when you think back to the future, you think back to the future. Yeah. Like, you don't think, oh, oh boy, I sure do love the bit when Marty's like, nobody calls me chicken, and then he gets in a gunfight. Like, you know, it's, it's, you think back to the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. That That's my thoughts. Last thing I'll say about everything I wore all at once, I, I understand the criticism behind, like, oh, I think it's a film that is, takes itself too seriously, a little pretentious. And to that I go, like, I get what you're saying, but also I think Everything Ever All at Once is also a movie to where if you don't want to read into that and you want to see it as a fun film, yeah, it could be that. Like, they did a great job at, like, whatever you want to get out of it, you can get out of it. Like, this could very well be, like, number 49, on somebody's list and they'll be like, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, I'm not really in all the serious stuff. So, you know, I just really love the, the funny action scenes and the whole butt plug thing. And like all that, I, I think people will have a lot of fun with that and you can get what you want out of it to where it's not one of those movies. I'm trying to think of a critically acclaimed Oscar winning film that, you have to look at it through that serious lens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing. Everything I wear all at once really has a leg up on other films is that it's kind of everything. <laughs> when you think about everywhere. it everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. All at once. Like it is all at once. The title was appropriate here. So just to close out my list on that. Um, anything else before we move on? More, uh, more MCU than I was expecting from you. Yeah, Honestly, I'm, yeah, I expected more comedies, too. See, yeah, I, I get it. Because I also made a big deal because I thought it was funny because I was making my list. I got, like, 20-something, and I had a few. And I was like, man, comedies are going to be on here. And then we saw Drew's, and Drew's had relatively, like, one or two comedies. And I don't think, Tristan, you had any. And, yeah, uh, I had big, three comedies. Not a big comedy guy. Yeah, so it was kind of funny how... Like, I like comedy, but it's there. It's where they stick with me. Yeah, so it was kind of funny. Like I, I was like, man, <laughs> I guess this list is gonna be a little different. And with the MCU, yeah, I think today you can look at whether you, regardless of where you stand on the MCU and the quality of it, there's some movies here that are just absolute bangers, and they just are as films, like Winter Soldier, No Way Home, the Guardians films. Now, granted, the Guardians films, that's the thing that I'm just biased about. I am. Like if you sat here and gave me actual legit criticisms. Fair. 
I just I can't really say anything to it. It's just I love the franchise. I love balance criticism. We don't do that here, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We just love everything or hate everything. That's it. Yes. We placate to the masses. Exactly. That's why I was upset you guys didn't absolutely hate the Marvels. God, you didn't get the script I sent you. Let's get moving. We're being haters, look man. <laughs> look, I, look, I'm sorry, but I will. I will only say something is like completely bad if it is completely bad. And the Marvels was not completely bad. Take out Miss Marvel, though, it could have been. But getting out of here, let's go ahead and talk about what we're working on and where can people find you. Tristan, what you're working on, where can people find you? i tell you what. Uh, you can find me on all the socials, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at BackIssueBins. Uh, and after you're done just trolling my socials to see what things I'm retweeting or just looking suspiciously through my likes. You can go and read all the great articles, if I do say so myself, that I'm putting out over at Screen Rant. Drew, what about you? You can find me on the socials at Drew Garrison underscore. You can also find me on my YouTube channel, The Writer's Room. Leave a like, comment, subscribe, do all the YouTube things, because I have to say that now since like this is a part of my shtick. Do this yes. for this as well. Yeah, same for this as well. Um, I'm feeling pretty sick right now. I'm wanting to just go ahead and pass out. So I'll quickly breeze through some of these things. As for me, you can check me out in our Discord, uh, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Uh, be sure to check out our Discord. Be sure to check out thenerdstash.com. We also have a Patreon. Check all those things out. We get links in the description of this episode alongside link trees for my two wonderful co-hosts. I appreciate you guys being here today. I appreciate anyone else for listening in. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.